This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Project Veritas has released documents corroborating earlier reporting and providing new information and assessment from a major previously uh, of DARPA making a lot of very serious and bold claims based on his analysis of undisclosed documents. And I have to tell you, this may be one of the most important stories of, man, I don't even know the past decade, the past two decades, because if this assessment is correct, it's confirmed a lot of what the quote unquote conspiracy theorists have said. And I will also point out that it'll basically get a, well, I'll be very careful about how I phrase things, but uh, YouTube might not be too happy. Mm. what the assessment is. So we will be careful and I'll try to be as responsible as possible in the assessment of this information, but it's huge. This is information proving Dr. Fauci lied. Well, assuming one of these documents is correct, Fauci did lie. Assuming the documents that were previously released by The Intercept shows Fauci did lie. And then he appeared in front of Congress again today and made one of the most uh, hilarious mistakes of holding up a piece of paper (laughs) on TV, which is now on the internet. And uh, this is, is going to be crazy stuff. So we got that to talk about. Fauci was caught on a hot mic, apparently insulting one of the senators. We've got another crazy story. The U.S. Army is going to be conducting drills, training special forces in overthrowing illegitimate governments and quote-unquote freedom fighters. This comes around the same time that the DOJ is establishing a counter-domestic terror unit. And the Financial Times says it's time to implement psychological operations against those who spread misinformation. We got supply chain issues. Store shelves are empty. So this is going to be pretty interesting. We definitely got to talk about this disinformation stuff. We've got someone who can speak to us in terms of what's going on in the censorship battle and infrastructure battle. We've got the CEO of Rumble, Chris Pavlovsky. How's it going, man? Great. Thank I'm super excited to be here. I've been watching you for a long time, so it's... uh... Appreciate you coming. You know, we've we've been... um, You know, Ian and I have... Well, Ian's been more critical than I have been. But we've also been a little defensive, too, of, of you guys over at Rumble, especially with, like, the locals deal. So this will be a really great conversation to talk about your mission, uh, the deal. You know, you, you just did this um, – you're doing the special uh, purpose acquisition company, going to raise a lot of money. I think there's a lot of good news to be said here, a lot of concerns, but we'll get into all that stuff. Uh, do you want to just quickly introduce, like, who you are? I know I said you're the CEO of Rumble, but – yeah, no, sure. I'm Chris Pavlovsky. I'm the founder and uh, chief executive officer of Rumble. Uh, I started the company in 2013. I've been in this space for, for two decades. So um, I've seen a lot of stuff in the last eight years. If uh, anyone were to look at and see what our politics were in 2013, it was cats and dogs. And then uh, <laughs> by 2020, uh, everything kind of changed. And uh, we had uh, Congressman Devin Nunes join our platform. Um, now Rand Paul, right? Yeah, Rand Paul just dropped you. He dropped YouTube last week to come to Rumble. Wow. So uh, we we had the best we, week we've ever had last week. So cool. This is this this all comes together full circle too. So it's good that we have you here, considering what's going on with Rand Paul once again talking to Fauci, because Rand Paul has tried to speak on the Senate floor and YouTube banned this content. This is crazy stuff. So we'll we'll, we'll get into all that. We got Luke hanging out. This should be a great conversation. Thank you so much for coming here. And I think it's fair to say that the official story is definitely breaking and people are realizing that you cannot comply your way out of tyranny. Just an important message that I wanted to remind everyone. And if you want to remind your local Karens and Kyles out there, the local supermarkets of that same message, 
you can very easily by getting the shirt that says you not you cannot comply your way out of tyranny, which you could get on the bestpoliticalshirts.com because you do. I'm here. Thanks for having me. This should be a great conversation. Oh yeah. Uh hey, Ian Crossland here from IanCrossland.net and Chris, I'm glad you're here. I you know, I worked with Minds for about a decade, uh co-founded the company and basically running ethics. I am the ethics guy. Bill asked me to come in and help him guide the the process. So I feel like I know I can empathize with a lot of what you're experiencing. I saw Bill go through it. And I'm excited to hear about what it was like to go uh, public and and the code talk. I already talked about freeing co- the code base, and yeah. we'll go deeper. So it's yeah. great to see Free you, man. The, well, well, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that because I argue with him all the time. But uh, we also got Lydia pressing yes, all the buttons. I am here in the corner pushing buttons. I upload all the videos from IRL to Rumble as well. So I had a question that I already cleared up with him. It was great. He's going to be a great conversation this evening. <laughs> Before we get started, everybody, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member to help support our fierce and independent journalism. We have a, a, a very large team of reporters, and I got to be honest with you guys, it's not cheap to hire journalists. Journalists are specialists with special skills that dedicate a lot of time and energy. They never take time off. They're making phone calls all day. You got We, we got some of these people that wake up at two in the morning with breaking news. They got to get to work. You guys, all of you signing up as members at TimCast.com, allow these people to keep doing this work. And we take it very seriously. We're also going to be implementing our fact-checking organization, r- ramping it up very, very soon. And that will also be, to a certain degree, uh, um, funded through you guys' memberships. But it's going to have its own independent process for doing it. But uh, we gotta, we're got we we're going to try and make sure we keep them as separate entities. So that's important to, to uh, mention. And we'll get into more detail on how that's going to work uh, move in the next coming weeks and months. But you will also get access to exclusive members-only segments of the TimCast IRL podcast as a member. And we will have that members-only segment up tonight around 11 or so p.m., 11 p.m. at TimCast.com. So, so go sign up. But don't forget to like this video. Smash that like hand. It's a hand. Smack it. <laughs> and subscribe to the channel. Uh, share the show with your friends. It's the most powerful thing you can do to, to help combat, to help combat the misinformation of the mainstream corporate press. And uh, let's read this first big story from Project Veritas. I can already, I can already hear the, sh- the clacking knees of the YouTube uh, ban agents or moderators with their fingers over the ban button shaking, saying, say the wrong thing. We're going to ban your show because we're about to talk about something big. Oh Project Veritas reports military documents about gain of function contradict Fauci testimony under oath. Military documents state that EcoHealth Alliance approached DARPA in March 2018, seeking funding to conduct gain-of-function research of bat-borne coronaviruses. The proposal named Project Diffuse was rejected by DARPA over safety concerns and the notion that it violates the gain-of-function research moratorium. The main report regarding the EcoHealth Alliance proposal leaked on the internet a couple months ago. It has remained unverified until now. Project Veritas has obtained a separate report to the Inspector General of the Department of Defense, written by U.S. Marine Corps Major Joseph Murphy, a former DARPA fellow. The proposal does not mention or assess potential risks of gain-of-function research, a direct quote from the DARPA rejection letter. Project Veritas reached out to DARPA for comment regarding the, the, the hidden documents and spoke with the Chief of Communications, Jared Adams, who said, quote, It doesn't sound normal to me when asked about the way the documents were buried. Now, I want to say a few things. Before we get started, very simply, consult your doctor and don't take any of this as medical advice. We're not here to provide that and take it all with a grain of salt. I've seen a lot of people jump on this and and say, I see two things. One, the left saying you can't trust Project Veritas. Their information is no good and that therefore it's bad. 
I see people on the right saying this is definitive proof. It's finally what we're looking for. Let me just state this reporting by Veritas. Very well done. Very, very well done. Veritas didn't just come out and release a letter from an from a Marine Corps major assessing certain information and then claim and then trying to claim it's true. They actually got corroborating evidence of a of an intercept story. This is from September 23rd, 2021 leaked grant proposal details high risk coronavirus research where they specifically mention Project Diffuse. Mm which Project Veritas has now corroborated. This is, a, this is a left-wing publication and Project Veritas getting documents on the same thing. Suffice it to say, the left's assessment of Project Veritas being wrong is untrue. That being said, the, the, the assessment from the major, uh, the U.S. Marine Corps major is just that. It is his analysis of undisclosed documents. Trust him if you want to trust him or don't. I think it's very important to, to make sure that you take into consideration it's not someone involved in the projects admitting to anything. It's someone who had been at DARPA saying, I read these documents and here's my analysis. That being said, I don't know, Luke, if you want to start bringing up some of these points that you thought were most alarming. Yeah, I mean, if these documents are, are true, I mean, there's a lot of big implications here because this shows how Echo Health Alliance was seeking DARPA funding in specific gain-of-function research related to bat coronaviruses. They called this project Diffuse, and allegedly, according to these documents... This was rejected by DARPA in 2018 because of safety concerns, and it would violate a lot of, of course, uh, the protections that are in the United States that don't allow this kind of dangerous work, which could lead to some very serious ramifications. What did uh, NIID do? What did Echo Health Alliance do after this? They just simply said, well, there's no regulations and safety concerns in China where the Chinese government gets to do whatever they want as long as they oversee every step of the process. And essentially, I think it's fair to assume now that they took this very dangerous work, which allegedly, according to these documents, DARPA didn't want to do because it was too dangerous, it was too unsafe, and they just did it in China, which prove that there was some warning, some hindsight here that that should be, of course, known about, that should be talked about. There was also U.S. Senator Rand Paul's questioning uh, Dr. Fauci about a lot of this. There's also the, the GOP Oversight Committee releasing the emails and the communications with NIAD, specifically showing how Dr. Fauci is being accused of concealing about a lot of the origin of this story coming from that Wuhan laboratory where, where this dangerous function studies were being sent to and downplaying this lab leak theory that's, we, we, that's big we had a uh, it was peter navarro who was on the show and he said that at the time they were having these meetings about covid and this potential pandemic fauci was there and did not disclose to them mm. the things he had known about gain of function about eco health alliance and even if they didn't believe the lab leak theory or hypothesis or whatever don't you think Fauci should have told the Trump administration, hey, there's something we considered, and it's this, that it may have come from this lab? You would you would think that if that administrative state answered to the executive branch, which apparently I'm learning in my adult years that it doesn't necessarily uh, – it doesn't necessarily play second fiddle to the, to the executive branch. What I'm saying is the administrative state, the deep – these people that have been there for 40 years, Fauci, been in that job for 40 years – he doesn't answer to Joe Biden. Highest paid government employee, yeah. right? Yep. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And then, 432000 you know, Is that a salary? Th- uh, yep. That's that's a huge amount of money, I gotta, especially for a government worker. I got I got to read a portion of this analysis because I'm not going to – look, I understand that um, – this can be considered contentious. So I'm going to read this portion from the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency document from Commandant of the Marine Corps Fellow at DARPA to the Inspector General subject SARS-CoV-2 Origins Investigation with the U.S. Government Program Undisclosed Document Analysis. That right there is very important to consider. This is somebody who worked at DARPA who read the following documents and is providing his analysis. Hmm. But his analysis is absolutely insane. Okay, and and you can take that any direction you want. Someone on the left is going to be like, this dude's out of his mind. And people on the right are going to be like, yo, this is crazy in the more colloquial sense. He says, you ready for this? SARS-CoV-2 is an American-created recombinant bat vaccine or its precursor virus. It was created by an EcoHealth Alliance program at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, as suggested by the reporting surrounding the lab leak hypothesis. The details of this program have been concealed since the pandemic began. These details can be found in the EcoHealth Alliance proposal response to the DARPA preempt program broad agency announcement dated March 2018, a document not yet publicly disclosed. The contents of the proposed program are extremely detailed. Peter Daszak lays out step by step what the organization intends to do by phase and by location. The primary scientists involved, their roles and their institutions are indicated. The funding plan for the WIV work is its own document. The reasons why non-pharmaceutical interventions like masks and medical countermeasures like mRNA vaccines do not work well can be extrapolated from the details. The reasons why the early treatment protocols work as curatives are apparent. Now, that is where you start to get into danger zone territory. But let me just I want to make sure it's very clear. This is this is a major at DARPA giving his assessment of these documents. Now, this is an expert. I mean, this is a guy who's privy to information that was not publicly disclosed, talking about what he thinks about it. That being said, take it with a grain of salt. You've got to decide for you what you think is, is uh, you know, what, what's trustworthy and what's not. And I will very much add, as it pertains to what he's saying, that is the opinion of this major, not the show. It is not medical advice. And always consult a trusted medical professional on your medical decisions and, and what needs to happen for you. And I'll just keep it, you know, I'll leave it there. Yeah, I mean, this is his assessment after looking at some of the classified information that the public is not privy to. I think right now the conversation has been started. And for the government to clear everything up here, to have some transparency and accountability, they should release these documents immediately so they could set the record straight specifically so we know exactly what's going on here. You want us to trust us? Give us reason to. Give us these documents. Release them. The, the time is now more than ever to do so. I'm weary a little bit. I'm weary. You know, I don't think, I, I think uh, Project Veritas has released the other diffused documents, which is corroborating reporting we got a few months ago. And I think that was smart. It shows that these additional documents they received do come from a verified source. However, many people have pointed out, doesn't this seem a little too good to be true? Mm. Like too on the nose is a better way to put oh, it. Uh, maybe, but also it's kind of like the emperor is not wearing any clothes, you guys. Uh, duh. We've thought this. Maybe that there was a lab leak going on for like, I don't know, eight months. It's starting to be well more accepted or five months or six months. Well, just really and now quick. it's like, 
uh, okay, just don't ban me for pointing out that the emperor has no clothes for a second. But, but this, this could be a psyop, but we're going to talk about that in just a right. little no, bit. Right, no, no, for yeah, sure. Yeah. It might yeah. be invisible clothes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This could be uh, a psyop, perhaps. We know that there were attempts to uh, provide false documents to WikiLeaks in the past. Yes. Tricking them into publishing them so they could then say, aha, look, WikiLeaks publishes false information. Yeah. But I also want to point out, could it be that this major read the same news sources or watched Tucker Carlson and then wrote a report based on what he saw in the news? It could be fabricated, yeah. Not fabricated, just like, Bias. you know, he, he says, um, what, what does he say? Uh, he actually mentions in, in the article, as reported, you mm -hmm. know? Oh, uh, the lab leak hypothesis as reported or whatever he says, right? So you think it might be partisan, like political? They're trying uh, to- Not necessarily political, them. but, you know, his, his view, you know, it, it, it's, it's tough. Out of sight, out of mind, and, and the opposite, right? If people don't hear something in the news, they don't talk about it. If people do hear in the news, they talk about it. I'm just saying it's possible that this guy may have just, it may sound like a bit on the nose because maybe he's getting – for all we know, this guy watches this show. <laughs> and then he's like, wow, that's crazy. Then he writes a report. He reads the document says, yep, I see it. And then we then end up reading it being like, aha, and it's just confirming you know, what we what yeah. we already believe. Well, I'm, I'm, I agree with you on the timing of this. This does seem a little bit suspicious to me because all of this – all of these Jake Tapper is starting to agree with these crazy right-wing conspiracies. They're admitting that like the menstrual changes that women were reporting that they yeah, said was nonsense. Wow. Yeah, all this is happening at the same time. Very convenient. Yeah, yeah, so that's a good point. We've got NPR saying, yes, actually, the vaccines do alter your menstrual cycle, something women had been saying for the past couple right, of years that was crazy. deemed a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Then you get Jake Tapper outraged that COVID hospitalizations are inflated by some 40%. Then we get this document basically mm -hmm. giving giving an expert confirmation or an expert analysis, which lends itself to lab leak hypothesis. That does smell like a psyop to me. They were so actually... Really well, I don't want to outright say it's discredited. Num or numbers yeah, would have been inflated by 60% if 40% of them were... In, of the total had been inflated. That means when you have 60% is your full amount. To get to 100, you're going to have to increase it by 40 which is 60% of 60 thereabout. So it's actually inflating the number by it's it's a little not necessarily kind of a derailment but they inflated the numbers by 60% to get to a place where it says mm -hmm. that 40% of them uh didn't had had comorbidities and, and Well so this, even is, this is basically no the, no the inflation was when they said There's that people with yeah. covid Instead of from COVID. Yeah. That was so New York State, State announcing that with yeah. the governor right. officially there, saying there, that. There was a really funny tweet I retweeted. Someone said, is, um, is American democracy dying with COVID or from COVID? <laughs> and I was like, that's actually, that was a really, really good one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, in this instance with, with Jake Tapper, the issue is someone bumps their head, goes to the hospital. They say, we're going to test you for COVID. When, when I had COVID and I called the local hospital, I was like, what's the protocol? Like, what should I do? And they said, why don't you come in? And I said, okay, well, what do I do if I come in? They said, we'll run some tests. And I said, why would I need tests done? Like, I took an at-home test. It said I had COVID. And they were like, well, we'll come in and we'll do some tests. And then I, I, I kid you not. That's, and I said, and then what do you do for me? Are you going to prescribe medicine? And said, no. And I said, so I should just like leave my home and come here so you can tell me what I already know? <laughs> should I, I was like, I was calling because I was wondering if there was like a, if, if there was something you can do or if there's something I should do. And they were like, oh, I don't know. It's a virus. Go to sleep. And I, okay. But they wanted me, I, I, I swear. So afterwards I was like, they want me to just come in for tests? Mm -hmm. Is it because they're, they want to just run billing? They or get paid, baby. Dude, we were talking about that yeah. yesterday. Yeah. How much money these, these organizations are getting for, 
having a COVID case, having a COVID death Especially on file. Vented, yeah. On ventilators, yeah. putting people yeah. on ventilators. And that's just on file well. with COVID on file. And then that it's treated as, as it was a COVID. Let's, let's pull up this, uh, this tweet here we got from the Oversight Committee Republicans breaking. We've released oh. never before seen emails showing Dr. Fauci may have concealed information about COVID-19 originating from the Wuhan lab and intentionally downplayed the lab leak theory. I gotta say, all of this coming out at the same time is kind of insane. It's after Christmas. Everyone's fed up. My family was well, done with it over Christmas. They, they could be burning Fauci. Uh, Fauci is, again, sort of a conduit and a middle player to a lot of other bigger players and, and also has a lot of communications with other individuals that are named to Mr. Gates. But that's a whole different story to, to say itself. But I think the question is, is this a PSYOP is an important one, especially when we're having so much information come out. I, I think we're at a very important turning point. I think a lot of things are going to change within the next month, within the next two months. I think it's important to look out. And I think this could be also an attempt to uh, release a lot of this information to save their buttocks hmm. uh, family friendly show here to, <laughs> yeah. to 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 sustain to kind of uh, soften their fall from the the grace well, of of covid overlords many people have pointed out the democrats aren't going to win if they're running on covid lockdowns yeah mm-hmm. the, the polling is not going to be in their favor right now everything's turning like you know in canada where i'm from is you, you can see it. it people, people are, are fed so up. fed up. Yeah. Like there, there has to be a turn here, and I think well, that's what we're seeing. Maybe this gives the Democratic uh, Party and the establishment an out. Jake Tapper. Oh, oh, I can't believe that that's these numbers. Crazy. Can you believe it? Oh, I'm on your side. I'm angry too. And then all of a sudden, Democrats are like, "We know Fauci let us down. Vote for us." Yeah, I saw a Absolutely. tweet today. I was this lady was like, "All the lies are coming out." You know, everything's being revealed, and I was like, "No, lady, these Democrats have a 2022 midterm to drag out. They need to fix this now." And they're just now realizing it. they're a little bit slow, but they're they're on the case now. So, so this this document release from uh, yeah. the the oversight committee. Uh, let me let me read a little bit for you. They say. We write to requ- request a transcribed interview of Dr. Anthony Fauci, director, U.S. National. No, we, we get it. Um, enclosed, reveal that Dr. Fauci warned of two things: the potential that COVID-19 leaked from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and two, the possibility that the virus was intentionally genetically manipulated. It is imperative we investigate if this information was conveyed to the rest of the government and whether the information would have changed the U.S. response to the pandemic. So Fauci had apparently excerpts. Uh, they say excerpts of emails. We are making public today. Reveal, uh, reveal that information. Uh, Fauci, as we, as we, uh, um, we learned with the Fauci leaks, remember that? Mm-hmm. Anthony Fauci was communicating with several individuals and they were questioning whether or not this did come from a lab. That's why I mentioned Peter Navarro. Uh, he had stated that when he was in the Trump administration and they had Fauci there and they were like, what's going on? Fauci did not tell them that they believed it was possible that the lab leak happened. I think at this point, we may not have an official from the Wuhan lab, because you never will, because it's China, coming out and definitively saying, yes, it happened. But I think when John Stewart rants on Colbert's show that there's no other reasonable explanation, then we're already at that point, right? It, it, it is it is likely a lab leak. Now, here's where it's fascinating. When Rand Paul said that Fauci was responsible for this, and then he said, I have no responsibility for this. And it's it's just crazy because... Who are they still trying to convince, right? At this point, most, I think you ask most people, they'll be like, yeah, it probably came from that lab. John Stewart said it, right? They're probably trying to convince the people who own Fauci bobbleheads. Mm, yeah. That's, that's a, that's a, that's <laughs> a good way to describe them. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> what do you call those kind of individuals? I don't know. Bobbleheads. <laughs> that's <laughs> another, like that that's one, another yeah. reason. But, but you know, 
there's a lot of information coming forward right now. <laughs> Why did you think of Fauci Bottles? First thing, there's a lot of crazy mind. That's actually a really good way to identify. Like I almost got you one, dude. I'm gonna get you really. Yeah, no, like you can actually buy Dr. Fauci bobbleheads. The kind of person who has this. Yes. Or like those candles, those votive candles. Oh yeah, yeah where it was Saint like Fauci. Saint Fauci. Oh jeez, yeah, Saint Fauci. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, he'd be a great guest. I don't know if he'd Fauci? actually say Fauci? anything. If oh he'd just gosh. be defensive, yeah. he would we could even get him. Or he would never. Show. I, I think from today's hearings, especially with U.S. Senator Rand Paul, it's pretty clear that Fauci is not used to being asked any tough questions. He was hammered by Rand Paul, I believe correctly so, on on very important issues, on a lot of these emails, on a lot of these documents. And Dr. Fauci's response was, it's not true. There's people that don't like me and threaten me. I mean, does he know he's talking to Rand Paul, who literally was attacked by his neighbor, <laughs> yeah. who was literally didn't, shot at? Like, like, didn't, like, uh, like, that was his argument. That's not an argument, Dr. Fauci. Yeah. Lay out your argument, present the data, present your information, and be able to reach across the aisle and talk to the other side. He has never done that. He only does softball interviews where the pundits, literally family-friendly show, do adult things to him with their um, mouth. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Too much. Hey, did, hey, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going there. Well, but, but, but there. hold on. Didn't, wait, wait. didn't uh, I, I didn't see it. But you mentioned Crowder. Yeah. Shouted us out. Yeah. So right at the end of his like publicly available show, he mentioned that we've been swatted more than Fauci has. Like Tim Pool's been swatted more than you have. So that complaining. Great. I appreciate the shout out. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think it's pretty clear when when Doctor Fauci's on the corporate media, which he loves to be on, he always gets gets softball question. He always gets massage. He always gets Fauci. Why are you so great and awesome and 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 super incredible and helping save the world? That's literally the the type of questions that he and asks. They answer questions for him too. They'll mm. say things like, "I was curious your." Position on the virus because a bunch of right-wing channels were lying by saying X, Y, and Z, and of course we know A, B, and C. So, uh, would you like to reiterate what I just said, Dr. Fauci? Uh-huh. Exactly. Yes, that's absolutely correct. The droplets and the masks. <laughs> exactly. And I, I think today's hearings proved that there wasn't any kind of real discussion. It, it was very testy. And I think it's pretty clear from everyone watching that Dr. Fauci doesn't have an argument here. And he's definitely on the wrong side of the larger debate that's unfolding right now with what a lot of people are thinking. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we're afraid to express, but now it's finally coming out to the limelight. As of course, everything that's. Being being exposed right now, the supposed conspiracy 
conspiracy theorists were literally saying from the very beginning of this, they were censored on big tech social media. They were denied having a voice in this conversation. And now those conspiracy theorists were really just spoiler alerts as, of course, everything's coming true. So in my 1 p.m. segment, I opened with a Princess Bride reference. I love that movie. It actually, it actually was hard for me to get right. I had to, re- I had to try recording like 10 times. Oh, no. <laughs> I opened with... Fauci fell victim to one of the classic blunders, <laughs> the most famous of which is never get involved in a land war in Asia, mm-hmm. and only slightly less see good one. slightly less well known is never hold up a piece of paper on television because you will become a meme. Amazing. You see, I couldn't even do it right now after all that practice. But that's that's actually one of the funniest takeaways from this from that moment. Fauci actually picked up a piece of paper, which I will not do, and it, <laughs> right? it said it, it's a picture of him and it says fire Fauci, and he's pointing at it angrily and. <laughs> I'm like, like yes, yes, we agree, yes. Fauci. Thank <laughs> you for go. this for this uh, um, pantomime of what we all should do. But it was funny too because it was Rand Paul's website, which is fundraising, and he was like, "It says fire Fauci, and you can give one dollar, two dollars, five dollars." I'm like, "This is a great pitch." <laughs> like he's advertising for it. So I, I, I don't know. The whole thing was just ridiculous. But what I love about Fauci's responses to Rand Paul is the way I describe it is he's like, Rand Paul goes. Dr. Fauci, you were, were, were engaging in gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute through funding Equal Health Alliance. And Fauci will be like, no, we did not. The, the example I give is like Fauci's explanation is, is uh, Rand Paul says, you put a door in my bedroom. And Fauci says, it's not a door. It's just a large piece of wood on hinges with a knob that when you turn, moves a piece of metal, which allows you to open on the hinges and enter the room. And you're like, bro, you're describing a door to me. That's how he does the gain of function. (laughs) It is not gain of function research. It is just the creation of chimeric viruses to increase transmissibility. You're describing gain of function, Dr. Fauci. No, I'm not. That's literally what he did. That's crazy. Yeah, I want. I think this guy should be arrested. I'm not even kidding. Absolutely. Uh, subpoenaed, uh, questioned thoroughly, release all the documents, release all the studies that he's done. And when you, when you truly find out what he's been responsible for, there, there's no going back to the official narrative that he has set on the American people because you learn about things like Robert F. Kennedy Jr. in his book, The Real Anthony Fauci, talking about how people were horribly affected by his studies, whether it was orphans, whether it was monkeys, whether it was beagle puppies. There's a long trail of just horrible misdoings by this man, and I think it's more than time than ever that we hold him responsible for all those actions. Yeah, I want to buy a bobblehead of him. Oh, yeah, let's get a bunch of them. Let's get different ones Why? if we can find them. What do you I, mean? I almost Why have that it's energy like inviting the here. devil into the house, but it's I, I was hilarious. Like, it is funny. Like, you know, we'd it's have funny. it for the opposite reason that they would. we got to get a Kyrie Irving bobblehead, too. I mean, that's kind of cool, though. Yeah, yeah, he's he's, he's, he's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, but if I was playing, it would be funny. Yeah, yeah, they let him play again. Yeah, he's playing. Yeah. <laughs> I love how it's just like the signal, man. The money was more important than the pandemic. I you guess know, I they couldn't have enough players because the test, the players that were vaccinated kept getting COVID, <laughs> and, and they had to bring in the unvaccinated players. And this is not just happening with, with sports ball teams. This is happening in hospitals. <laughs> yeah, this is happening in supermarkets. There's even official government notices saying, "Hey, if you test positive, just show up to work anyway." Literally, there's supermarkets telling people to do this because of the staff and labor shortages in major institutions and and we're at a point in this pandemic where the the unvaxxed can't get work the sick that are testing positive are told to go back to work that's absolutely crazy it's actually very very normal because this was only supposed to be 15 days to slow the spread anyway you're not supposed to shut down the economy and this is the economy like gasping for air like we can't survive if we don't bring in anyone 
that may or may not have, te- it doesn't matter at this point because our survivability is more important. It's think, like when you said people were climbing out of the bomb shelters, even when the bombs kept dropping. Mike, Mike Rowe. You got to yeah. get back to life at some point. Yeah. That, that, yeah. yeah so uh, yes. last night, Mike Rowe uh, pointed out in the UK during, what was it, the Blitz? Yeah. When yeah, they, the, were, they, the were, they were bombing of London. The yeah. bombing of London. After a few days, people were like, okay, the bombs are still going off. I guess it's time to get back to work because you couldn't just stay locked in your basement. You would just wither away. So even with, what was it? They were using Zeppelins, right? Yeah, they the were. Germans were like they were using old. Zeppelins for sure for observation. I don't know if they were dropping bombs from Zeppelins, but they were dropping bombs on London. People were like, "Eh, back to work," and bombs are going off. Stay I calm, think, carry on. I think we're at that point. Were they getting yeah. rocketed? I think too? we're at the point where hospitals are just like, "Okay, we can't function anymore. Just bring back the nurses. Yeah. Bring yeah. back the unvaxxed nurses. Bring back Kyrie Irving. Bring back." Thank God, man. You know? <laughs> that's the natural. I mean, the natural flow of any of any disease, anyway, of any epidemic, is eventually you get back to it. Let's talk about psychological operations, my friends. We got this story from the Financial Times. Psyops are a crucial weapon in the war against disinformation. What? Well, this is clearly fake news because mass formation psychosis isn't real. Oh, yeah. It's not, it's not real. Uh, AP told me so. Reuters said it's not real. For those that watch Joe Rogan's podcast, you need not hear me explain this. But for those that missed it, Dr. Robert Malone brought up how in, you know, the early 1900s or, you know, 30s, People were trying to understand how it is that these authoritarian regimes took power, namely Nazi Germany. And he mentioned something called mass formation psychosis, where people were all basically fixated on something. They were hypnotized. All of a sudden, the media comes out claiming it's not true. Google changes the search results. So you're not finding it. And now it's it's funny because you had many, many stories over the past several years from mainstream and corporate publications saying that Trump was hypnotizing people. Mm-hmm. But when, when, you know, even from the AP, the AP said that even from the AP. Yep. And so now you have from the Financial Times, psychological operations are a crucial weapon in the war against disinformation. But far be it from any from from us to claim that there's manipulation and hypnosis and propaganda. You know what the craziest thing to me is when I would explain to people uh, that there's a field of the of hacking hacker culture called social engineering. The overwhelming majority of hacking that you hear in the news is actually just social engineering. Someone's not typing away code and there's like, you know, smiling, laughing faces appearing on the screen, eating the numbers, like ridiculous graphics. Hacking is almost always some guy picking up a phone, calling the, the bank and being like, hi, I'm John, I'm a branch manager. It's, you know, at bank number 3942. I'm looking for your IRS, you know, a verification number and just tricking people. That's what hacking tends to be. This, when I try to explain to people this, they always just say, oh, that would never work on me. Never work. If it wouldn't, then why does it exist? If you can't be manipulated, why does Coke spend so much money buying advertisements? So when they come out and say mass formation psychosis, of course it's a real thing. Of, of course people are trying to manipulate you every day. Now the Financial Times is advocating for psychological operations over COVID misinformation, which brings me to what we have to deal with, the censorship, which is a prime component of this. Making sure people can't share ideas. Sometimes the ideas are so dangerous, they'll shut off a live stream midstream. Mm. They'll ban a channel outright with no strikes because the information can't be allowed. Well, sometimes it's not even that they're dangerous. It's just that they're misinterpreted. 
which is a problem, that there's a human that's capable of misinterpreting a message and then banning it. But, but this is different. This is army psychological operations literally using the power of information, denying information, lying about information, making up information in order to have political games. This is psychological warfare against the American people that the Financial Times is calling to be instituted here in the United States, and they use Sweden as the perfect example, because in Sweden, they have the Swedish Psychological defense agency that couldn't be more of an orwellian name than it could be but they are out there not only to monitor what's happening online not just the political discussions but they also are there to launch counterattacks against their believed falsehoods about vaccines immigration and other very important issues so they also talked about in this article how they they use this psychological operation to deal with political tensions in europe so so this is an important distinction to understand here financial times is saying sweden's doing this we need to do this here we already do this here in the united states a lot of this is classified and i think a lot of this is very evident when you see the same kind of regurgitated talking points the same kind of narrative and anything questioning getting outright censored and banned there's also, of course, people planting fake stories and fake disinformation in order to throw people off the original trail. There's a lot of things happening here. And I think once you institute psychological tricks by the U.S. Army to, to push an agenda that only clearly benefits the billionaire class, the billionaires are making more money than ever. This is something that is absolutely concerning. This is something that is absolutely worrying. And this is something that we need to realize is happening here in the United States on a huge level already. This is what we see with the banning of the Hunter Biden laptop story on Twitter and Facebook. And so uh, sitting before us, we got uh, we got two people. Well, 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 we got the CEO of Rumble and you guys are. Is it fair to say you're anti-censorship on Rumble? Absolutely. Um, we're what you're what you're seeing right now. But you got it. You have to explain that. Anti-censorship? Yeah, you ban well, content, don't you? Well, absolutely. Yeah, we do. And uh, we have policies that have been in place since 2013. Um, and we haven't really, we haven't moved the goalposts since that time. Um, obviously, you know, terrorist organizations, promoting terrorist organizations, incitement to violence, child pornography, pornography, all that stuff's not acceptable on the platform. And, uh, but what's, what we're seeing here right now and kind of why you've seen companies like Rumble grow is not because of the terms and conditions that we put together in 2013. That really has no effect on, on, on what, what has happened. Um, what you're seeing is that these companies, these, whether it's Google or whether it's Twitter are now becoming arbiters of truth. They're, they're being asked or they're being forced or they're being demanded by, whether it's journalists or governments to basically determine what's what's good and what's not good. Imagine me. How irresponsible would it be for me to be the person that's going to tell you what you can or cannot say? I went to university. I dropped out in third year. And you want me to be that person? That's that's irresponsible. You want this the the ceo of youtube to be that person that determines what is right and what is wrong well they're scared of losing advertisers i think is a big component i do think that there is absolutely a national defense component we've heard tons of stories about you know uh federal agencies going to tech firms and saying you have to do what we tell you and if you tell anyone we told you to do this we will destroy you yeah gag orders yeah. yeah someone asked me to kind of ask you will rumble rumble volunteer information about its users to regulators and law enforcement or will you guys demand a warrant 
that's one of the questions that someone it was was really interested if you could answer yeah we're not going to just hand over information we're you know it's got to go through the proper channels it has to be legally done and uh if you know there's a subpoena we'll we'll, we'll follow the law in in all cases we have to follow the law that's that's our that's our duty at mines we have a weird position well interesting it was a uh, if it's legal in the united states then it's legal fine on mines it's part of the terms and that meant like state law like what state were we incorporated in i think at the time it was connecticut so it was connecticut state law but then you'd get these things like lolly porn which is like cartoon porn and the people look young and they look under 18 but it's cartoons so there's no human there's no it's not illegal but it's devastating to smear a website with that stuff so you're like well we have to do something about this. And so there's this clause you can ban anything at any time. I mean, pretty much any network can ban anybody at any time. Yeah. When you, when we started websites like 20 years ago, like that's like a standard term that every lawyer will put in. So it makes things easy. And you know, that, that, that's one of the problems, right? Is that when we started Rumble, we, we have these sets of terms and conditions that were just so standard on the internet. Everybody had pretty much the same terms and conditions, but. You know, that's where the, everybody wants us to have that conversation. They want us to have the conversation around the really fringy stuff and all that stuff. But that's not what's happening here. That's not why companies like Rumble are growing. Rumble is growing because something more overt and egregious is happening. And that's because you can't even have a conversation that you have at your dinner table anymore, um, an open conversation on, on the Internet. Think about this. Think about what we're doing right now on, on YouTube. We, we can't have an open conversation here. There's a lot of things we cannot talk about that if these mics are off, you could talk about. That we will at TimCast.com in the members only segment. Exactly. And, the, and that's the craziest thing that we have to do that. Uh, and, and interestingly on iTunes and Spotify and other platforms, they're actually much more lax. Spotify is actually fairly strict, uh, because they've got internal people who will ban you and there's no appeal process worse than YouTube. But, uh, iTunes just goes, Hey, look, we don't host any of the content. We're just linking to it. Yeah, I think that's Google Podcast position as well, yeah. I believe. And if someone violates the law, the, the state should get involved here, not, of course, the arbiters of, of truths, a middle person that's going to say, well, this idea is bad for you. That that, that whole concept is, is patronizing, and it's very disrespectful to anyone paying attention, in my opinion. There's, like, uh, situations where the law is bad, and you want to... You know, not not necessarily. Well, like Nazi Germany, for instance. Well, I'm just talking about like death threats and the free speech laws that we have on the books. If, for instance, a law got passed that was so insidious, and we're like, well, we have to violate that law because that's corrupt. We can't absolutely that. that It's hard to to make a social network the one that's like we're going to uphold that and let people do, uh, and we're going to let people violate the law because then it's easy to find out where they live. You know who owns that site. You know where that data is hosted. I'm very nervous about centralization of authority. holding data on a centralized network of any kind, whether it's email addresses, um, search history, because the NSA can just go take it. Well, yeah. let, me, let, me, let me ask the you. The more data, uh, the worse, right? You guys, you, yeah, maybe there's a diminishing return on that, but yeah. You guys are based in Canada. We are. That's not good. Not good, especially with the legislation that might come down in the next couple of years. It it definitely is is not helpful at this point in time. But uh, well, so there. I mean, you've got hate speech laws in Canada, right? That's right. If the government of Canada came to you and said you are hosting illegal content, you must take it down. Would you guys take it down? If it was illegal, absolutely. But in, illegal in Canada? Absolutely. I'm not so, going to jail. So this. <laughs> so this means that. Like a mis- like misgendering, I think that's one well, of the that- laws in Canada. So one one of the things that we uh, that we're doing is that we're headquartering down in Sarasota, Florida. We announced that a couple of months ago. That's a that's a big move that that we're going to be doing as a company, and uh, super excited to, to to go to Florida. Better weather too. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
I actually would That's prefer awesome. the Canadian weather over Florida, to be honest. Oh. Really? <laughs> Absolutely. What? Yep. Well, if you're a snowboarder or a skier, then yeah, I can understand. I can that. always, I can always put on more clothes. I can, I can't take all of it. You off. can never put on enough beanies. That's right. Sweat, sweating is <laughs> good for Florida. you. It's rid of a lot of waste it, and, and it hazardous is. stuff in your body. It is, but uh, you know, Florida's good in January, February. I lived there for a year. It was brutal. Nobody goes outside. But in Canada. You know, you've got some months and you've got long winters where you just, you know, make snowmen. Yeah. But, but I, I, I digress. <laughs> the, the important question here is there are a lot of people signing up on Rumble right now. You know, we're talking about psychological operations. We're talking about whether companies are willing to break the law. Obviously, you know, Luke is saying yeah. you, if, it's, if it's legal content, it should be allowed. But where you're at right now in Canada, I mean, have you been forced to ban anybody on, on hate speech or anything like that by the government or any – no, no institutions come to us uh, with respect to that, uh, but I, I can tell you that, you know, we're – the legislation that is going to come that's, that I think is even more concerning is uh, Bill C-10 in Canada where the, they want to have the government actually regulate what kind of content you are displaying and uh, through the CRTC. And think about that. They're going to control what you see now. Um, whatever that may look like, That's we don't. Psyop, man. It, yeah. it, it's in full progress if, if that passes. And then there's other legislation that's being proposed now. Um, we haven't seen it, but uh, that could happen in the next year as this uh, the Trudeau government is continuing. So, you know, it, the best thing for for Rumble is just uh, at this point is to is to be prepared for that situation. And you know, we'll we'll be in Florida and by this year. So, so, so if I could just ask you on a follow up question. If you're in Canada right now, the Canadian government says take this content down, you will. But if you move down to Florida, right, and you incorporate there, and the Canadian government says, I want you to hide this video from our viewers, will you get rid of those videos when you're not in their jurisdiction? So jurisdictional issues is a whole different thing because you have the UK that has one set of laws. You have Canada that has another set of laws. You have the US that has their set of laws. And we have to find a a way to to meet the laws of of every country. And this, this gets so complicated when you think about it, like, as a startup imagine a startup having to like have lawyers help you in every single jurisdiction and fall it makes it so difficult the barrier of entry just to enter this market is is so difficult to be to be like youtube and to compete against youtube you need like significant financing significant legal help significant it is a lot to navigate it's so complicated um and it makes it so hard but we're we're lucky that we're in a really good place right now where we have we have a pretty good team and uh we're gonna we're gonna follow each jurisdiction the way the but, way it needs to be done. So if Canada says get rid of this video and you're in Florida, you will. It, it like I have to look at the situation and, and the scenario. I can't you know. Let's just say, say someone misgendered someone on on a Rumble video. The Canadian government says we want you to take that down. You're in Florida. What do you do? So at this point, I I don't have an answer for that because uh, we haven't we haven't come up with that uh, that policy we, we haven't looked at that um and one of the things that uh, we want to do as we're growing like i said we've had a policy since 2013 it's been virtually the same in spirit um all the way through the key for us is to never move the goalposts like these other companies every two weeks you're seeing them change but we're also not good enough because in 2013 it was one it was one world and in 2000 and i guess 22 now it, it's a whole different world so what we want to do is, uh, you know, after I did the, the podcast with, uh, Viva, Viva Frey and, and Robert Barnes, you know, we had some chats after that. We, we want to bring the community in. We want to bring guys like Robert Barnes and Viva Frey to help us develop this in a way that stays in the spirit of free speech as much as possible 
and uh, really be able to handle these jurisdictional issues that are that are there, these app store issues that are there. They're, we want to do it in a way that it's almost better if the community helps us develop this than you know one single authority like myself saying this is how we're going to do it and this is the best way. Yeah, so like to build what, an app store. We're really we're 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 in talks to, to do that with Viva and and Robert Barnes and uh, we you know. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I, I want to bring in as many people. I want to you know, seek your advice too. Like, how do you handle app store issues and policy and terms and conditions? Like, these and are it's, such it's, it's, tricky it's, things. I, I can tell you, little. it's a cabal. I mean, let's be, let's be real. The this Silicon Valley operates like a cabal. When mines gets one tiny infraction that's negligible, they'll be like, "We're going to knock you off the app store." Whereas Twitter just does whatever they want. I think I, I don't know if that if that if that's porn, story, is particularly that, porn. Was that public? That story? Yeah, I don't know. yeah, porn. Mines was often on the the app store with dealing with porn issues, whereas Twitter, Twitter just had porn the whole time. Allows it. It was that's really unbelievable. When you yeah. look at the double standard, and and that's that's totally unfair. How are we supposed to compete as a company if Mines can't, you know, get the same rule set that? Twitter's getting or Facebook's first thing you do is acknowledge it which we just did and then you got to start building a system where that is not part of the system which is like a decentralized uh, open free software meta net I I agree and you know decentralization is is a huge key but I think even before that right now and this is one of the things that we're really focused on is we got to build we got to build infrastructure because you can't turn anything on without the infrastructure. You saw what happened to Parler. They got turned off overnight. And then once you have the infrastructure in place, uh, you know, common carrier based infrastructure, then you can start building things and you can, you know, you can really kind of take all kinds of different businesses and really build off of that. If, if you want people to help you build and if you want to build a community, you got to build a lot of trust. So, you know, there's a big question. You guys got a lot of institutional uh, money. Uh, that usually corrupts companies. What plan do you have to show that you won't be corrupted? And what can you offer the people who are coming to you as, as transparency and oversight that you will treat them differently than YouTube did? Yeah, no, this is a, that's a great question. Um, so one of the things that we did when we decided to, to merge with, uh, with CFEI is we went out and, and raised money on the premise that we're going to be immune to cancel culture. We're, we're going to be, restoring the internet to its roots by making it free and open again, building a cloud that's going to be as close to a common carrier as possible, a rumble platform that is not going to censor. That's what we told investors. That's what we raised money on. That's what we're doing. That's what we went to Cantor Fitzgerald for. And we now, if we will be one of the first companies to to enter the public markets once this uh, merge uh, concludes, um, 
on the on that premise we're not on the we're not going into the into the public markets on the premise of of a google that requires you know all these other things we're on the premise that we're going to be immune to cancel culture and if we don't live up to that then we now have a massive liability on our hands we have no choice but to stick we put the stake in the ground on that premise well, so, twitter was the free speech wing of the free speech party huh. Yeah, big Remember money. That? We need we need to and bypass fiat, basically. Oh, well, what Twitter Twitter for? initially, when they got started, they joked that they were the free speech wing of the free speech party. So they made all of the same statements and promises. YouTube used to allow uh, uh, the craziest videos, pranks involving violence. And so I think it's really easy for you to say, like, here's our, our mission statement mm-hmm. when you're growing and competing. But what happens when you reach that that plateau where you're now on a similar level and all of a sudden you've got investors, you've got government interests, you've got, you know, you've got pol- uh, Congress breathing down your neck. All of a sudden you're like, it is easier just to get rid of this and not fight. Yeah, in in, in certain cases, you, you might think that um, it, it all depends on the person that's that's there. Um can you make corporate bylaws barring something? I don't I, know. I, I that's don't, a good question. I, I I don't know the answer to that. Can we I, uh, maybe make a pledge towards well, transparency, I, oversight, free well, speech? Well, one thing we did do, um, and I think this is unprecedented, is that when after we announced the the merge with CFEI, um, we we had a company ask us to demonetize uh, Dan Bongino. Mm. And instead of complying with doing that, gave him a raise. Yes, we did. <laughs> you cloned him. You finally released the damn the clones. You no, respond to them. We're giving him five percent. So what what we did is we canceled Tremor, um, unruly and Tremor Media. Uh, they they said we, you know, they cited that uh, they saw content that they didn't like, and we asked them where's that content that they don't like. Does that violate our terms of service? No response. Mm. And we said we said basically, if you don't provide us the information that that uh, that violates our term of service, we will we're, we're effectively canceling. If you want to appeal with us to get to bring ads back on Rumble, uh, you let us know by this date. So yeah. it's an advertising, and we we canceled we canceled one of the largest uh, advertising networks on the planet um, because they tried to cancel Dan Bongino. Well, that's Good. cancel culture. Now you're no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Are you aware of the ESG score? Not, not particularly. I think that's uh, that's so, with respect to environmental. So this is the environmental, yeah. social, and corporate government score that a lot of bigger financial institutions like Blackstone use as a way of funneling money into, uh, of course, big companies. So to comply with that, you have to push a certain narrative, have certain beliefs, have uh, certain amounts of people based on their identities and their race, and there's there's many different things. But but they essentially the big money guys come and say, you guys got to play by these rules. You guys have a good score. You comply with our agenda. You get more money. You get more loans. What's preventing you guys from being affected by the ESG score? Well, I, and, I, and Blackstone. Like if Blackstone came and said, we'll give you a bunch of money, would you accept it? Well, they, they, I guess, can't they just publicly go and buy the, the public shares on the market? Isn't that how it works? They, they have the option to do that. They know what we're all about. If they, if they're supportive of our mission and what we're doing and the creators on our platform, go ahead. But like at the same time, you know, we're we're not gonna I'm, I'm I'm we're not gonna bend our mission. I'm not gonna bend this mission. I have roughly eighty five percent voting control, and I'm not gonna bend for changing this mission. We're the mission is to restore the roots of to go to create that free and open internet we once had. What will happen is uh, Blackstone 
like State Street, a, a big investment firms will collude to get like twenty percent of the company. They can't. There's only eleven percent, uh, roughly eleven available. Eleven uh, percent yes, available for yeah. buy. and then yeah, okay. Cantor's are roughly two to three. It's all public. This information. So you're only selling eleven percent of the company. Uh, I'll I'll have about eighty five percent voting control. It's all public on on the site. You can kind of see the breakdown of the of the current holders versus uh, our current holders are a, a large portion of this. I think. I, How big is your board? So I'm putting that together right now. Um, that's I'm working really hard. Is that at, public? Even are you? Is that a public it will thing? it will become public that that information. That I would imagine that these companies will try to get somebody on your board, and then the, once they're on the board, they start to see discontent with other board members when you're not around, and that's how they'll try and get you out. But that's I'll have what it, they did to Dorsey. I'll, I think I have 85 percent control of voting shareholder voting control, good. so that that allows me to. I I, I think the rules. I don't want to speak out of line, um, but I, I think the eighty-five percent allows a lot. Like you could just kick somebody off the board. I don't. It's, want to say yeah. it's, it's, it's I don't know. Hopefully, about, I, I I don't know about Canadian law, but it's this not will even be that simple this will be U.S. It, this will be U.S. In so. the United States, you still have to convene a meeting. The meeting has to be there's know, process. There's yeah. there's you have to abide by process, and you have to do everything by the book. And uh, but when you have eighty five percent voting control to appoint boards of the the directors, uh, that's a significant controlling interest in the company, and uh, it allows. Uh, it, it, it really it really allows us to protect that mission. But I, I also think that the bigger protection is not just me having that that control. It's really drawing a, a stake in the sand of what this company is, our shareholder base, whoever is going to be buying Rumble is uh, it, it really believes in what we're doing. I, I don't even I, I'm not sure if, if institutions will institutions be interested. They, they should be because it's going to I think this is the future of the world. I, I think free freedom is you, you you can't buy that. That's something that you know we need in this on this planet more than anything. Are you gonna like, Are you ever going to sell your stock? Um, and and if you do, how much stock would you sell? And that's, that's what a number great would question. You sell should, how yeah. should I answer that one? <laughs> um, no. So like at, at this point, you know, I'm all in. And it what what I'm seeing on the what I'm seeing on the internet and what I'm seeing how this internet has changed in the last 15 years. Um, really, really, it's it's really more of a mission now than anything else in the in, in the world. And I feel like we're we're the tip of the spear of really protecting the free and the open internet, especially if we really build this infrastructure out. And uh, you know, we get we really support a lot of businesses. I, I think that that's going to be a really important a really important factor in in the next couple of years. I'm, and I really need to go all in on this. I'm this per- is not about selling out and going out. Yeah, the networking thing is huge. If we can somehow build a meshed network, maybe with devices like the Freedom Phone or a sort of phone where people we can host our servers, I think you might be the guy to to lead cuz I know your history in building servers uh, I don't, and your interest in building up the network. That I don't, might be- I don't Oh, sorry. That's, okay, that's, that's good. I, I don't, I don't know if I have a, uh, enough faith in people, you know, if uh, be, be it you or Getter. I think that for the most part, whether people want to acknowledge it or not, they're kind of they're moving only in the direction they can they can move in. So for Rumble, for Getter, for uh, even Minds, there's an opportunity in that YouTube is killing conversations. You know, they they make it impossible to have meaningful conversations. It is harder and harder every day. And it's fascinating when I see how many channels will get a guideline strike over similar conversations we'd have. But obviously, we're a big show. YouTube's probably scared because that's that's the way the game is played. That's the way the machine works. YouTube can only do what the culture will tolerate. So what I mean by that is I fully believe, like with what I saw at Vice, there will come a point 
where unless you put in legal bylaws or restrictions or, or something, I don't even know if that would work, to be honest, there, it, it's only a matter of time before Rumble becomes YouTube in the exact same way. But that doesn't mean right now what you're doing is bad. It means there's always going to be a new market opportunity for someone to bring back real, real and raw conversations. Yeah, I also think being private is more dangerous in a sense. Um, being public is going to require us to be transparent about what we're doing. And, you know, when you go out and raise money from shareholders on a specific mission on what you're going to do, the second you go against that mission, you, you have liability. So it, it's a different, it's a different standard when going public in that I, I don't know of any companies that are trying to go public that are saying that they're going to be immune to cancel culture. Well, I, what, I, what happens when you get inundated with uh, press? We do. And they say bad things. Every day. And it negatively impacts your stock price. It doesn't. But what's, what happens in five years? Let's, let's put it this way. In five years, you end up with an overt communist, you know, on Rumble, who's building a big following saying, as close as he can, calling for insurrection and revolution without crossing any legal lines. And then you end up with tons of people just being like, yo, this is really bad. You know, this guy is, is, is purposefully manipulating the platform. He's doing all these dirty things. You need to get rid of him. And then all of a sudden, all these stories come out and everyone says, you guys, you are, you are allowing something evil and wrong. And then you end up getting, you know, ne- negatively impacting your stock. Then the, st- the shareholders revolt and say, why won't you get rid of this guy? He's clearly breaking the rules. And then you ban him, right? We're going to ban someone that doesn't violate our policies. Not going to happen. If they're so, so perhaps, and perhaps it's easy to say, the point I'm bringing up uh, uh, is like, if he doesn't violate our policies w- or we're he, not banning, doesn't your policy say you can ban anybody at any time? I don't, I don't have that in front of me. I'm pretty but sure it does. Most, most it, everybody it, does. It, even if it does, let's, let's say it does. Um, and he I just, does, I just, he's not violating any of our policies. We're, we're not going to do that. I, I'm not going to do that. That's can, not something I, 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 I can, I can hear what you're saying. And perhaps that's as far as we can go. You say it won't happen. I say, I believe at some point it will. I just feel like when you open the door to any public investor for any percentage, when you start getting, and, you know, shareholder revolt, anger, you know, saying you are not staying true to your mission. You're, you'll have to abide by what the, the, the people but in your company. The mission, the mission is to keep it free and open and that that's the mission. So what these shareholders that are not interested in that shouldn't be holding our stock. They shouldn't uh, be part of that. But what if they, they should say, sell. They should get out of it because that's not what we're doing. It's, it's not free and open to allow communists to advocate for the complete dissolution and destruction of the United States. And, if, and if, even, if there's incitement and violence, that's a different story. But let's, but what, let's what if assume, they're organizing Antifa rallies that have resulted in violence? Well, they've never explicitly said to do it, but they've said everybody should come and come down here. We're all black. And then all of a sudden, mass violence keeps breaking out. I guess the question is, are they breaking our policy or not? If they're breaking the policy, then they're gone. If they're not breaking the policy, then they're not and, gone. And the NSA is going to be all over that one. If that I, happens, I really they'll be deep it. in your system watching. I mean, you might, you might have an employee that works for the NSA for all, you know. So h- how would you do it? How would, how, what's the best way to, Man. to make sure? Decentralize I, I, the data so that you don't have control of it, so that you can't ban it. Only so here, here's an yeah, idea. What, what Ian said. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's a good. That he's right. He's right in so many ways. And one of the things that we want to do, and and I've talked about this before, is imagine that every creator on Rumble, you get access to your data. It's your data, not ours. 
Imagine that. Yeah. That's I something that from YouTube for twenty. That, years. That's something. Let me, let me, let me, let me I, give you one. Let's say uh, somebody here. Here's here's your number one policy. You may not post or transmit any message which is libelous, defamatory, or which discloses private or personal matters concerning any person or entity. Mm. Let's say uh, Vosh. Mm-hmm. He's not a journalist, but let's say one day he decides to go confront Stephen Crowder in front of his home, and says, "Stephen, you said this, that, or otherwise, and I want an answer from you." And you can see his home. Would you ban him for that? Or me doing that to David Rockefeller because I did that outside of David Rockefeller's house. So, but, but I'm using yeah. Vosh yeah, 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 yeah. as an example because Crowder's so, yeah, yeah. a big user on your platform. If someone shows up in front of his 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 house where you can see his neighborhood and everything, and he's questioning him, would you ban that? So if it violates our policy, we'll ban it. And like, I, but the policy, policy is very vague. We're no, asking no, no, no. For does, that, does, yeah. that, does that violate your policy? So th- this filming, is the, filming Crowder's address. So this it's a good question because like the, the policies that we had since 2013 are vague and we we've changed them to tighten them up a little bit to try to get a little bit more transparent a couple of years ago or actually a, a year ago and they're still not good enough it, it's pretty much the same thing in spirit so what we've done is we're going to like that, that i mentioned before is we're gonna we, we're bringing on robert barnes viva Frey, and a bunch of other free speech advocate lawyers to help us really define these in in a way that everybody can understand it for me this is this is lawyer stuff like I, if I go take it to our internal counsel, they're going to make it as general as possible, vague as possible to make it as, as accustomed and, and as good as possible for, for Rumble. But what I think we could do differently and what I want to do differently is take it to the community, have people like yourselves, have guys like Robert help us build this and really come up with a solution and transparency around these things that are vague. Cause they're, you're right. They're vague. I, absolutely. But that's the nature of us starting this business in 2013 not us uh as you know building this platform in in the environment in the last year so that that's something that we we're going to do and we're going to address it and we're going to make it clear i'm going to make it as transparent as possible but i also think this is the conversation everybody wants us to have because it's like you know it it it, it makes it, they're very difficult questions to answer so like whatever my policies are here how do we make sure that we stay in the play store and in the app store because they have you policies can't. that are more right. vague than that. And, and like, it and, gets worse. So, so, so well, well, look, um, first, I want to make sure it's clear. You're only getting, you know, these, these questions because you're allowing them. I mean, Google, YouTube, you know, Facebook, they wouldn't even come here and have these discussions, which is why it was so insane. Because Jack it. Dorsey actually sat down and had a conversation with, with me and Joe. But, uh, that being said, you have a uh, rule number five. You may not post or transmit any message which is abusive, inciting, violence, harassing, harmful, hateful, anti-Semitic, racist, or threatening. And so there's, there's interesting questions about what abusive means, what harassing means, what harmful means. I understand you mentioned vague. Absolutely. But I will point out that you've already adopted the narrative of the left Silicon Valley tech giants. You've all, but before we've, before anyone's even joined your platform, the rules you already had in place already align with Silicon Valley. Not entirely. That's not true. Um, so the, what, what you're looking at is the same type of stuff that was on YouTube 10 years ago. We didn't really have that many problems on YouTube 10 years ago, did we? Uh, no, no. I'm okay. not, I'm not sure the, they had these specific of rules. Was, you, you, definitely. You could get away with a lot. In the early days, but once you, Google but bought in it, in terms of like racism and anti-Semitism, that was on their platform. You were yeah. not allowed to do that. Um, so when it comes to when it comes to the last two years, what's happened in the goal, the way they've moved and changed their terms is this is the like I said, this is the conversation they want us to have. 
because there's no answer to it. And these are just general terms and conditions. And we're going to address this as, as good as we possibly can by bringing in the community to help us do it. But the real conversation is Rumble didn't grow because these terms are there and we're banning people. Like, we're not growing because there's racist content on Rumble. That's, that's, that, that's not part of Rumble at all. Rumble's growing because people can have conversations that they could have at the dinner table. I think, yeah, but that's now, but you could ban people in the future. And then if you, if you want people to go to your network and put their blood, sweat and tears and whole careers into your network, you got to give them some reassurance. Absolutely. So I, I think the vague terms and services are one issue, but I, I think there's two possible solutions here that I think might be able to provide that. And I, and I might be totally wrong about this, but I think having oversight, transparency and accountability, especially when it comes to destroying someone's livelihood, someone's entire business, someone's entire work would be something that should be done in a transparent way where people uh, get to decide what to do and not some mysterious overlord that mysteriously just clicks off. And then second would be possibly having you or someone a part of the larger corporation signing a contract pledging. I will not sell this stock. I will uphold the First Amendment. And if I don't do so, I will have to give all my stock to the users or or chop off my right hand. Would you be willing to sign an agreement like that saying, I promise not to sell the majority of my stock. I will uphold the First Amendment legally. I, I will reassure you what you're reassuring us today on a contract. Would you be willing to sign that contract? So who am I sign that contract with? The the answer just, is... Just the general public, the, but your users. So, you're, so instead of the user absolutely. coming and agreeing to your terms and services, you are agreeing to a terms and services for the users. I would love to do something like that. That's a great idea. I think that's, that's a, but that's a really good idea. To the circumstance that you will chop off your right arm. Uh, <laughs> you know what? We can make a vague one right now. <laughs> I, have, I have a pen and paper. We can make a vague contract right now that, that could be, would you sign it right now on the show? What I, what I was thinking. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Would oh, you, you sign it right now on the show if I say, I, your name will chop off my hand if I violate this and sell off the majority of my well, you stock? You can't put it that way. You can way. say yes and you can say no. But will you sign this right now? That he chop his hand off? Come on. I have a question. I'm just asking a serious question. Sell off off your stocks. Or give off your stocks to uh, the user. Well, that would just make the problem worse. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that's like, uh, (laughs) coercion, basically. Yeah. Uh, I, I got a question. As you guys were talking about your, what you should, how you should handle your network, I realized like, no one should own the network. Rumble should be part of a group of companies that are building a network that is there for all of us to utilize. And that maybe we can help upkeep it, all of us. But like I think of Minds, it's not Minds.com. That's a social network that was built by Minds. Minds is a tech company. So that's I think the goal is to build a network that I, I so control. you know one of the concerns I had we when uh, uh, locals you guys acquired locals, which was Dave Rubin's you know uh, subscription service. It's all good, right? It's it's good that these platforms exist. It's good that you guys exist. We use Rumble for our uh, website as well. We post our content here because it's all it's all a net positive. And um, you know, aside aside from the fact that we're asking hard questions, the reality is I trust you way more than I trust YouTube or any one of these other platforms. And I I think we're sub- I, I don't think you guys will end up. But no, it's any not. It shouldn't be about trust. We should never have to trust that no, no, someone right. has like it not, it's not personal at all. At all. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in control of other people's. It should. Right, I'm I, I right right right. That's not the point I'm getting to. I'm saying for now, you know, like I definitely would would prefer uh, you know use it. I, I prefer your uh, guidance on or moderation over YouTube's for sure. But the issue I have is that centralization is still the main problem. Dave, uh, Dave Rubin launches locals and, you know, he's signing people up and everyone's like, okay, I'm going to sign up for this. And I'm just, I'm confused by it. 
I, I, I ask some of the people who have signed up, I'm like, how have, how have you solved the problem? You haven't. And they're like, well, I know Dave. And I'm like, yeah. And I've, I've spoken with the CEO of Patreon on numerous occasions, and he's made a bunch of assurances to me. And they're like, well, I trust Dave. And I'm like, okay, well, if you don't trust the guy from Patreon because he's banned people, you do trust Dave, you're still in the exact same position where Dave can make all the promises in the world just like Jack Conti did, and then you still get your income nuked because when push comes to shove, Visa approaches, you know, you guys and says, if you don't ban Luke Rutkowski, we will terminate financial services to your firm. You will say yes. Uh, that's not true because locals, your subscribers are in your own counts, not ours. We don't control that. What does that mean? What it means mean? when you get a subscription on locals, it goes into your Stripe account or wherever account connected. We don't have access to that. And so... What will end up happening is uh, um, there will be some level of infrastructure because this is what actually happened to Patreon. Mm -hmm. They had, I think it was MasterCard, went to Patreon and said, ban this guy. His name was um, Robert Spencer, I think it was. Yeah. He was, uh, he's like a researcher on um, like jihadi, uh, jihadism and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. They said, ban him or we will terminate your use of MasterCard financial services. Does Rumble and locals use Visa and MasterCard financial services for any part of their infrastructure? The subscriptions, I, you know, through the... Th oh, that's not what I asked. I didn't ask about subscriptions. Not Rumble you, specifically, no. You, 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 Rumble, not, not Rumble, locals. Rumble as a company doesn't use Visa or MasterCard in We any way. use, like, for example, Stripe. Yeah, they use Visa. They use the Swift so, payment system. So how so do you, how does your company pay for things if you don't use... Oh, are you talking about, are you talking about locals subscriptions? How that I'm works? I'm talking about Rumble and, and, and locals as companies. Do they ever make transactions using Visa and MasterCard? Oh, absolutely. We, and so what happens yeah. when they come to you and they say, ban this person or else? That's what happened to Patreon. So if, yeah, so, you know, if that happened to a locals user and, you know, we had to ban a user because they, they asked us to ban whether we would do it or not, it's a whole different story. They've already tried doing that with Dan Bongino and we told them to pound sand. Um, but let's say we, we did that just hypothetically, uh, you still have your account with all your subscriptions and your revenue it doesn't get nuked. It's in your account. We don't control it. That's yours. Yeah. I, and, and that's, so you can go port it and build your own website and run it. Well, that's great. That's, that's how, that's, that's that, how it functions currently. That's, that's, that's good. But I still feel like, you know, one of the things that I, I found disconcerting, uh, just in the long-term process. I think everything we're hearing right now are good short-term solutions. But, uh, you know, Ian pointed this out. We're effectively building the exact same, the exact same machine we've already had problems with. You know, you have, uh, you mentioned you have the same rules that YouTube had back in the day. And I don't disagree with a lot of the rules, to be completely honest. I don't want anti-Semitic or racist crap, you know, floating all over the place. But I also, I'm, I, I question why it is that we're in this position where certain uh, people aren't allowed to express their opinions, even if their opinions are really, really awful. You know what I mean? It, it, it's, a, it's a very difficult position that nobody wants to accept, but I'll put it this way. While I personally find anti-Semitism, racism uh, abhorrent, I don't feel that I should have the authority to tell people that they shouldn't be allowed to express their opinions because, in my view, sunlight being the best, the best disinfectant, challenging those ideas is important. Except I, if you have so, too much, too much mold, you. then but sunlight even isn't going to get it That's out a good there. point. But I, it cakes everything. But the real question, the harder question is, how do you get around the stores? To access the larger side own. of the market, we need our own. Well, that, that, that's, we do. That's, we that's, do. This is, this is my point. Droid or something. Absolutely. Like that. But what? But we got to get there first, though. So, so th this is my how point. How do we get though. there? Visa, Build a device where we can have it preloaded. Visa and Mastercard have exactly. their own terms of service, which include much of the exact same language. 
banking institutions, and even uh, companies you've never heard of and don't realize you use have these same terms of service. So we've, we've already seen people debanked. Yep, and so yep. the issue is, even if you're pledging, we're not going to do these things, you're still a part of the big machine. And so for us, the discussion we had, you know, when, when Patreon banned Carl Benjamin and this exodus happened, they banned Lauren Southern and they banned Carl Benjamin, Sargon of Akkad. And uh, immediately I get, you know, Jordan Peterson and Dave Rubin are talking about doing the subscription service. And I said, that doesn't solve anything because the, what happened to Patreon wasn't like Jack Conti, the CEO, one day said, I don't want Lawrence on the platform. He got external pressure from business, from company partners. And he, he was put in this position where he's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here because he's not a political guy. Carl Benjamin got banned and he broke his promise that he wouldn't just terminate somebody. So they decide to make centralized platforms. Well, Ian and I had this conversation, and the only real solution is complete decentralization. It's good that you guys on lo- that have been on Locals, you have your own Stripe account with all your subscriptions. So even if they're banned from Locals, they still have Stripe. Stripe would have to ban them. That's a yes. good, that, that's, yes. that's, that's great. That's fantastic. But ultimately, in the end, there needs to be, uh, in my opinion, a way for people to ultimately control their own hosting so that they can't be banned. Because I'll, I'll say this, it does still feel like a half measure. It's good. Their revenue won't be completely purged, but now they have no product and they have no place for it. I suppose they could then try and build a website. So what Ian and I had discussed was, okay, can we create, can we create a, 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 a service that just instantly gives you your own website? So taking it one step further, mm-hmm. how about, uh, this is what I thought Locals was going to be. I thought Locals was going to be that you'd sign up and you would just get the code. And you would have your own website with your own domain, and you guys would have no ability to ban people. Then I saw very quickly that it was the same thing as Patreon, but now it's your personal Stripe account where the accounts are getting logged in, which, again, better, but still a centralized platform. If, uh, you know, look, when I talk to some of the people that use Locals, I ask them why they didn't just set up their own Stripe account and their own website and never have to worry about it again. And they said, I don't know how. And I'm like, okay, that's a good point. But that also means if you guys ban them, they don't know how. They're not going to just magically decide, you know, figure out how to do it. In which case, to me, the solution was build a tech a ser- a function, a service, an app, software that allows people to just click a button. They set up their own website and boom, it's done, ready to go. Five minutes tops. Yeah. And then no one can ban them. Yeah. You, you're still going to have to solve for the hosting, the video streaming. You're going to, there's a lot of things to solve for in that. that that's a, uh... Yeah, they'll pay for it. And, and they'll save money, too, because Locals takes more than uh, – the, the amount of money that Locals takes from their creators exceeds the amount they'd spend if they did it themselves. Are you sure? Absolutely. So what's the economics there? Would you, where are you running? What kind of – The percentage that Locals takes from the from the creators is more than it would cost for them to host their own content. So if – let's let's look at that. Um, if you're making there, – there's economies of scale for everything, right? And once you get to a certain a scale, it, it makes sense to, to build, it on your, build it on your own. Um, and, uh, you know, let's take – let's say you're doing $10,000 in billing or $1,000 in billing a month. Does it make sense to build it on your own if Locals is taking $100? Yes. You sure? Yes, because if you – Why? Uh, if in the, in the long term – So managing, hosting, streaming? Yes, one hundred percent, absolutely. Because you don't think it's when worth you, your time, hundred bucks. So what you're doing right now is you're convincing people to give you their long-term prospects to basically put themselves in a position where they're beholden to your platform. That's not true. They're they restricted. have their, they own the subscriptions. Dude, they still have it. If they could port but their they Rumble account to the Fediverse account that we're building, 
at, and back and forth. Just or the move. locals account, you mean? Yeah, or or they can. They, they yeah, have that's all a the, good function. They, that's they have good. all the subscribers. We don't own them. They, no, that's they, that, they and have again, them. That's absolutely so. Fantastic. Like whether they decide to do it today or tomorrow, they can do whatever they, they can do whenever they but want. But they need a, um, a matter, service that can function like Rumble that they can move it on to. So that's so. How do you code. notify all of your subscribers that you're no longer on this platform and that now you're moving to a new website? The reality is you email them and it doesn't work. It doesn't work because, you know, look, I've been doing this for a long time. I saw how much money was lost by all the people who, who jumped from Patreon because you will never be able to get 100% of people subscribed to you to, to be notified. It's just impossible. We've had issues where, um, we, we weren't doing the show, for instance, and I'll put on the YouTube channel for this reason, we're off tonight. And I get emails like crazy, like, where's the show? And I'm like, wow, I didn't. I just assumed people would go to the YouTube channel and see the message, which is right there on the page, but they don't know. You could have it when they go to the banned account. It sends, instead of saying this account no longer exists, it says this account has been banned and can be found at, and then the user is allowed to put in like a link where they're going to go. I don't know if that's, if that's considered a full ban, but that'd be cool. So, uh, for, for those that are asking, cause I see it in the chat, um, we, we, we do have, uh, what is it, a functioning alpha? It's not it, quite. I wouldn't call, it's not something you can play with yet, but it, it we're, Quickly building out the early alpha. We're pre-alpha right now. Here, here, here's the, 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 the issue they end up having with everything is that if someone uh, – when someone comes to me and says, we want X percent of your revenue and then you can be on our website, my issue is for a one-time investment that is a small, uh, uh, you know, small multiple of that number, I never have to worry about any of these risks ever again. I completely own everything and we're good. If you sign up for locals, it's better than Patreon in that you mentioned it's your own Stripe account. But then in the future, you're giving what's – what's the percentage that locals take? Let me ask you. 10%. 10% of your revenue. Let's say that you decide you want to make a living doing this content and locals says we're going to take 10%. You say it's just 100 bucks. It's 100 bucks. Except what happens if they hit a viral video and within six months they have 600,000 subscribers on, you know, on YouTube, for instance. That means they end up with like 10,000 people paying 10 bucks a month. Now they're giving you $10,000 per month for hosting service, which would cost them maybe $500 or $1,000. And you, and sure, you can leave whenever you want. Good luck telling all of those people to pour over to a new website to change their routines. It's extremely difficult but to do. We could synchronize it so that once they start getting enough hits and they're making ten thousand and they're paying a thousand is too much, they want their own server. Now they can just kind of move it over to their server, still be on Rumble, still be found all the analytics can still go through Rumble, but they've now hosting their own thing on their own server. I, I hear what people are saying too, you know, because we've talked to people and they said it's good to be on the platform because there's like minded people and it's a community, and I'm like, okay, you know, that I completely understand. I just feel like uh you know, for you guys, obviously, you need to make money. It's a business. It's got to generate profit. 10%, I think, is just, man, I guess I'm too much of a, of, of a lefty in that capacity. To me, it just feels like you're ripping people off. Really? I think you're yeah. both making good points because at a low threshold, there's a value to it. But once you ex- exceed a certain number of subscriptions, the it's overly costly. I think it's a lot of work to uh, to manage your own site and hire someone and then connect it to AWS and put the first of all, AWS is a lot more expensive than we, we typical lo- hosts like Rumble. But um, we launched our website for yeah, what built, was it like a thousand bucks? That's what the software we're building basically does that for you. Yeah, and if you were to use Amazon for streaming video, it'd be significantly more expensive than it is using Rumble. 
Um, we def- we do use Rumble infrastructure. I, I know. So I, I mean, know. Like, it's like, like we're a little, you know, I'm, I'm like very much, you know, uh, critical in a lot of respects, but we absolutely do use Rumble. It, but like we make website. it very cheap and we make it very accessible in that sense that it's, you know, if you were to go to any other provider, it, Amazon is significantly more expensive. How, how do you cheapen it? Well, we, we own our own stuff. We're not reselling anything. We're, it's coming straight off of us and we have economies of scale. When you have economies of scale, it, uh, it really brings down the pricing and allows you to be aggressive on things, um, a lot more aggressive than anybody else. As in like virtual servers that you open up? Uh, yeah. So like, you know, we have, you know, Rumble does so much bandwidth, um, that, uh, we're able to get it at uh, prices that are from carriers that are much cheaper than what you you'd pay if you think if you enter Amazon you're paying at eight cents a gig uh, a rumble at at scale when you're coming to us and you're like eight times cheaper. Um, so, well, this is this is, mean, this, is, this, is this is this is fascinating yeah. actually because you are you are rumble and you are locals and we use rumble for our members only content yeah. and we 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 post a rumble because it's a great service. And it's substantially less expensive than your your competition, and I don't have to worry about uh, censorship to a certain degree. Like obviously, yeah. we're asking these questions, but locals is still something different. And having used your infrastructure and seeing how cheap it is to host per gig, and then to see how much locals takes from the creators, I'm like, you see, it's kind of it's kind of strange to me seeing both sides of it, right? Yeah, it's significantly better than Twitch or YouTube. Um, on locals, uh, in terms of the cut that it's taking, it's, it's actually quite low. But so, uh, so for me, when, um, you know, obviously I was looking at locals before you guys acquired them. I know how much it costs us to host these videos. I know how much it's going to cost us if we, we were using Vimeo at one point. We switched to you guys because honestly it was, it was better. And Vimeo is risky for our business because of their, their yeah. staff. Yeah. So we don't, we don't want to do that. But so I'm looking at, we put up a video for members only. Here's how many views we get in the members only video. Here, it, it, it's actually, I'll, I'll tell people who are listening, it's, it's decently expensive because we have so many subscribers, but the subscribers are paying. So, you know, the costs, it, it covers the cost of all that, it allows us to have journalists and make this robust website. Then I take a look at, you know, so, so very early on when we were looking to build the website, I see all the costs. I'm mapping all the stuff and I've been in this business for, you know, a decade plus. And then I see locals and they're like, here's how much we want from you to do the same thing. And I'm like, oh, that's absurd. That's obscene. The amount of money you'd end up taking is ridiculous. And then I see all of these people signing up. And so I'm not, I'm not trying to drag you guys because I think it's good that locals exists. I think it's good that Rumble exists and we use Rumble. I'm just saying I think the long-term solution is actually not any of this. Well, the functionality is definitely a long-term solution, but it's the way that it's co-built. Like if it's proprietary, then it's going to get co-opted at some point when you either decide to quit or die or sell or whatever the hell something's going to happen eventually one day you'll no longer be so then it's going to go into somebody else's hands and if they control it then we still need the function we just need access to the functionality 24 7 uninterrupted people should be watching your stuff and subscribing. yeah yeah and one of the things about you know the rumble cloud that, that that we're coming out with is that you know, this is a service that can support whatever you guys are building. If you guys are, are, are building something that's good for deploying it, you know, people don't have to use locals. They should have choice. They should be able to use other things. Oh, and yeah, like you use locals too. That'd we're, be cool. you know, we're, we're providing that cloud and that's, that's, you know, we'd love to work with you guys on that too. And when you say that cloud, can you explain exactly like what is the hardware? So we're, we're building pops across the United States. What's so a pop? Uh, oh, now. Okay. The better question for my, uh, yeah. 
for for someone else on my team. But uh, the uh, I think it's point of uh, something. Um, and so we we have data centers across the U.S. and we're we're putting in our own hardware, our own switches, and connecting to carriers. Is post office protocol POP pop like when you set up your no, okay something I different. I think it's something different. So you're building servers. Yeah, so we're putting in our own hardware, our own switches, routers and stuff and data centers across the United States, multiple different places. We're looking to have, uh, you know, I think five in total by the end of this year. Five we're, data centers? Yes. Um, we're, we're at three right now. So, uh, it, it, it's, it's a big job. It's something that, uh, we, we, we took on early last year and, uh, we're trying to accelerate that as fast as possible and then make that service available for what you guys are doing. Like it doesn't, I understand, I understand some people might not like the 10% fee and that's totally fair. Like if there's another solution that, that can do better than that, then that's great for the, for the market. And, uh, you know, if we can be a provider on the bandwidth side, cause we're the best and most competitive on that, on that side. That's the way we should win. Yeah. I, I think another way to counter that, if you are taking 10%, showing people where the money's going to, I think will also provide a, a level of oversight. And, and some people gladly being like, yeah, I'll give 10% when I know exactly what it's going towards. And I, I, I think there's another aspect here that is worth mentioning here because a couple of years ago, Julian Assange released information that was accurate. And he got punished by PayPal. He got punished by all the credit card processors. And they shut down his ability to raise funds for his independent media organization. Um, you know, it would be very interesting to ask you what you would do in that situation. But but not, not even just going there. Would you be potentially interested in providing some kind of alternatives to the current financial system regarding cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin that's there as a plan B just in case if they do squash down on you, you could say they can't shut us all down because we have this alternative which is related to Bitcoin or cryptocurrency? Yeah. So on the crypto side, we need to do something there. And I've been looking, I've been trying to study it. Uh, I, I think I want to, uh, whatever we decide to do needs to provide immense value to the creator and to the user. Not, not, that's key number one. And I think a lot of the stuff that you're seeing out there right now is providing immense value to whoever creates that token. Yeah. Um, and, I don't really like that. So until like we can find a real viable way and, and I'm looking and I'm seeing what people are launching in the video space and a whole bunch of different other things. Um, once, once there's something there, I, we need to adopt it. And when that technology and tech gets there, we, we need to definitely adopt it's it. It's probably there. Um, I think what's happening where you're talking about the Ponzi scheme is where a creator will create a bunch of tokens and they hold most of them in their own personal wallet. And then slowly they get send them out there and they just become massively rich. But like what Mines did is create a utility token that it keeps in an account that it doesn't have access to. None of the people have access to it. And every day it spreads out like 10,000 tokens to the community. There there was a really good – I forget the site. They tried to compete against Twitter. Um, it was like something that started with a B. I think like Michael Arrington and a few of these, uh, Anderson Horowitz was behind it. And it was like, it, what they did is they basically said like every single creator will have its own token. And based on like how much following and how many people, how, how much people want to donate to that creator, their, their token has a higher value and price. Yep. By creator. So I, I thought that was pretty interesting. You'd have to build software where you could spin up your own token really quick. Someone could spin up a utility token. Yeah. That allows like you, if you pay in subscriptions to the user, you pay 10 bucks a month. But if you pay with, pay them with their own token, you get a discount of their choice. They get to set a discount level and that'll create utility value for the token. And then it's not a security. So the SEC doesn't, isn't as concerned about it. 
yeah, we'll, we definitely need to, to look deeply into, into the whole crypto world on rumble and figure out blockchain and figure out what is the best way to approach that. It's just, we're, we're, we're in, I I guess the early days of it. And, uh, I haven't quite seen the perfect solution yet. I don't don't know if we're going to wait for a perfect solution, but something that's going to provide some really good value to the community on the mines token. It's one token gets you a thousand views of, of basically advertising on the network and on library, you put tokens into a video and then that elevates it in the search algorithm, the more tokens it has. So it's like a passive boosting. If you could blend those somehow or utilize both. I think the, the, the big challenge with any platform, no matter what you do, is that you're responsible for the platform. You are allowing people to post stuff, whatever it is. And so, you know, what happens if someone posts an address? Now, you might say, oh, Section 230, but you're still going to get sued. And so a lot of these companies just don't want to deal with it, and that's why you end up in this position. I think it, it personal identifiable information or something like that and violates something. I don't know. I, I'm not a lawyer, but I, th- I think the one of the issues with YouTube, for example, if you are an independent reporter and you confront someone in front of their home, they'll ban you. If you're CNN, you get away with it. Why? Because YouTube's going to be like CNN. This is your problem. You deal with it. And CNN's probably going to say, "Sure, we're worth billions of dollars. We don't care either. No one's going to be able to do anything to us." But it, it it's different in that. In reality, if you're walking down the street and you're waving a sign, it's public property. So who are you going to sue? The person waving the sign. On social media, they'll sue you anyway. Section 230, be damned. So that's I think this is one of the reasons many of these platforms are going to implement these rules no matter what. That if you're James O'Keefe and you walk up to the CEO of a company and say, you know, we want to ask you some questions, you're gone. It's why central control of authority seems to always lead to this totalitarian crackdown of its of its net of its own network. I think that's why you just got to get rid of the control of the network and kind of oversee its construction and, and survival, but allow it to function I, on its own. I think maybe uh, community policing and stuff. We need to have some kind of. I don't know. I don't know if Twitter or it's got to be some kind of public utility communications platform because we don't use the city hall anymore. We don't use town hall. We don't have these public commons. It's controlled by interests, people who either, you know, can afford to build the platform or who do so, but don't want to take responsibility for the things put on the platform. In which case, until we can say this is a public, you know, institution, you can't sue anyone for hosting it, but you can sue the person who said it or did it or file a complaint against them, that's when I think we actually start fixing these problems. For the time being, you, YouTube will get, Twitter gets sued when someone does something. You know what I mean? Even with Section 230, they're like, so we don't want to take responsibility and put ourselves at risk for hosting this. So until we, I don't know, I don't know if nationalizing is the answer, but until we have a no, platform. No, absolutely not. Having a national yeah. platform would yeah. be cool in addition to but, other. But, but, so, so look, Canada I, I, tried I, that with their CBC. But I understand your, your aversion to nationalization of, of, of a but platform. But there is a value to but having take, one national but, Right, but take a look well. at uh, um, a public park. The police can come in and tell you to leave. You can complain about it. They can arrest you. It's annoying, and sometimes people like they shouldn't be allowed to do it. But who are you going to sue? The city, I guess? Okay, well, that makes sense if the city does something specifically. But if someone is in a park holding up a sign with a picture of like a fetus or something, well, you can't do anything about it. Well, people are allowed to express themselves. What's wrong with common carriers? Why isn't that know. solution? 
then maybe that is a solution. Like Verizon, Verizon AT&T, yeah. they're, uh, they, they're, they're deemed to be common carriers. They're, they're monopolies. That's one problem with them. But they, yeah, are, com- but, but, but they are common carriers. They don't stop you from buying the phone, no matter who right. you are. But they will send your text messages to the NSA without a batting an eye. And the security camera filming the park will send all of the video. And as you're walking down the street, mm. the surveillance state is a problem in of itself. But uh, that that could be the solution. I feel like you know that's one of the things that we want to make Rumble Cloud closest to is make it a common carrier, like close to as common carrier as possible. I think that 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 could be a solution. Yeah, we'll build a parallel system, and people will be like, it, "Oh, that works better than this old carrier system. This is the internet telephone market blended into one." Instead of them trying to still have to give people phone numbers, what the heck? Like that's twentieth century tech. You don't need a number yeah. associated. With your yeah. Body. What if everyone just started instead of getting phone numbers, you just got like you your at handles, yeah, or your name, or you, like you. Yeah, give f- me a call. You know, at Timcast, and then they press it. Like I don't, I don't give out my phone number anymore. It's like hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, like message me on some of these. I'll video chat you on Element. You know, like, yeah, I, I only get, I only get phone calls from people who want to talk to me about my car's extended warranty, Hi. or <laughs> who are talking to me in Mandarin for some reason. I had an idea before we go to super chats, Chris. When uh, regarding if you're headquartered in Florida and Canada gets you like, hey, this is illegal in Canada, so we're not going to show it in Canada. Take it down. You tell them what we do at Mines. You tell them, no, it's legal. This is our terms. And if the country wants to ban Rumble from the country, they will. And that's unstopped. You just, and that'd be hilarious if well, Canada was like, we're, I, we're, gonna already, we're already banned yeah. in a few countries. China, from like China I believe. China <laughs> banned mines. So Yeah, yeah. I, I think, Iran, you know. Iran, probably. Uh, I'm not sure, but definitely China. We got to notice that we got shut off in China. So Google built their own Chinese. I don't know if Dragonfly is that what it was called? Their own Chinese Google. Didn't they go and do that when Google didn't want them in the country because they were too free? Yeah, it led to a revolt when Google when when China didn't. That's an interesting thing. You cut you cut off the service in the country that doesn't want to play fairly. And once they become like that, then then you maybe you cut them off. Social media is an interesting. It's more powerful in countries. The social media companies. Like if imagine Google said, "Hey, we're not going to operate in Canada because you you know you don't operate around the First Amendment." Then That'd that be sounds crazy. that well, sounds pretty good. I like that idea. <laughs> let's go to super chats. If you haven't already, get that super chat in. We'll be reading as many as we can. Smash the like button. Go to timcast.com. Become a member. We're gonna have a members only segment at timcast.com around 11 p.m. Let's read what you guys have to say. Jemis says, please shut up the January 23rd anti-vax mandate protest with Dr. Robert Malone. Do you know the website URL? I don't, but I am. What is it? Uh, March Against the Mandates. March Against the Mandates DC, right? Yeah. I don't know. Google search March Against the Mandates, and they're doing a big protest in DC. So uh, good good for them, man. It is defeatthemandatesdc.com. Oh, nice. I believe that's it. Gerald Armstrong says, how many times do we have to hear Ian say, I co-founded Minds? Probably in the next year, probably <laughs> 37 more times. Well, I think what people need to understand is... Maybe less, maybe 20, Ian 17 Ian hasn't more times. met these people. And so if they're trying to understand where his con- what the context of what he's saying, and they're like, I met this you know crazy hippie guy, Ian, why should I listen to him? And then he says, I actually worked on mines. I'm trying to balance when you're on TV every night. Um, basically, if I told the story a year ago... In me, in my mind, I already told you. Everyone that's listening, you already know. But a lot of times we have new listeners, so you want to reiterate. And sometimes Tim will tell you about Occupy Wall Street just in case you haven't heard. You know, it's kind of a meme that it can be overdone too. So if I'm overdoing it, I'm sorry. But I'm, I'm still going to tell people that I'm the co-founded minds. All right, let's read some more. We got the meaning of nerd. He says, hey, Tim, the meaning of nerd here. Thanks for checking out my video. I'm really glad you liked it. And thanks for sharing it on Twitter. It helped out a lot. Keep inspiring people the way you have, man. P.S. If you're looking for an editor, I would love to offer my skills. Oh, nice. We had a few people ask for jobs, and then it turned out they weren't American. 
and we can't hire people who aren't American citizens. Yeah, and yeah we just can't do it. Um, man, if you guys really want to get angry at Google and Facebook, look at how the, the, the you know how the, the visa system works, right? Like the, H-1Bs, the, yeah. how they, the big tech basically just floods the entire system so that they get them all and you can't even bother. That's just the way it works, I guess. Hmm. All right. John Hensley says, love Rumble. Is there any way to get the mobile app to play always on top and minimized or with uh, screen off? Coming. Coming very soon. Stay That's soon. an important one. We get a lot of people saying, like, I want to listen to the show on the website. E- it depends on, on Android. That's already happening, I believe. Um, and on iOS, uh, you can have it set. I have to double check, but that should be available in this uh, new launch that we're coming with the with the app on iOS. If you use the Brave browser on mobile, my understanding is that it can play audio yeah, from yeah, the browser when it's that. off. Yeah, that's that's really fantastic. It's useful, yeah. When, you know, I love the Brave app. They're doing a lot Brave, of great no, things. Those guys are yeah. great. Yeah. Are you guys integrating with them at all? Have you had a chance to chat with them? Uh, we haven't chatted with them, but uh, we we've been looking at it as well. Is there any other uh, cross collaboration with any other kind of alternative, independent kind of platforms, or in the works, or possibly um, that you might be even interested in? No, I'm interested in in collaborating with any with anyone for sure. Uh, I think there's a lot of great ideas out there that we need to. to any look specific at. companies or? Uh, I haven't, I, I like Brave. Uh, Brave has been very interesting, um, in terms of like how they've been doing their crypto and the, and the BAT, the BAT. I, I did look very closely at that. We're, we're actually looking very closely at that right now. Gap um, spun off the Decenter browser, uh, off of the Brave browser. Yeah. That's pretty cool looking. Did you guys hear, that. uh, Quebec is doing a vax tax. Yeah. Unvax yeah. tax. A tax for the unvaxed instead of mandating it. That's crazy. Yeah. That's insane. I have friends in Quebec that, I'm uh, praying that they're going to be okay because they're talking about hefty fines for individuals who just want bodily autonomy. That's a new level of tyranny that the world hasn't but seen. It's yet. like evidenced bodily autonomy at this point. There's a lot of evidence that the vaccines don't stop the virus, that it doesn't even stop the spread of the virus. It might reduce symptoms. So like it's, there's reason to this. It's not just it, don't get away from me for no reason. Like there's a lot of data. Nick Rowe says, Tim, do a Fauci impression if he actually were a guest on IRL. After you ask him a question, what his response would be. <laughs> That's a job for Seamus. If uh, Seamus of uh, Freedom Tunes wants to write that up, that could be you know fairly funny, I suppose. Dr. Fauci on IRL. Tough interview. All right. Nate Parrott says, my work plays for news in break room. I walked past and the screen was black with white scrolling text that stated the channel was showing restricted content. Weird. Oh, my. Strange. What is that about? All right. Where we where we go? Anzu Love says, watch Rogan's show with Adam Curry. He clears up Malone's explanation of mass psychosis. I love that guy. Yeah. Adam Curry, man. I love that guy. OMG Puppy says, watch Sens- Century of the Self by Adam Curtis. Let's Cur- say Curtis. Same person, right? Great documentary about social engineering from Freud to neuro-linguistic programming used by Bill Clinton to campaign. What's the documentary called? Century of the Self. Mm. Here's an important one. Daryl90210 says, ask about the success of Salty Cracker pulling viewers away from YouTube, please. Interesting. Yeah, so uh, I th- like I think uh, what a lot the of... Salty Cracker character? Yeah. So they they have channels on YouTube, I believe, and uh, what they do is they shut off the stream after 30 minutes and ask them, or I'm, I'm not sure the timing, I don't want to say that because I don't know, but uh, yeah, they, they, they use Rumble, and uh, they're quite big. 
Yeah, they get um, tens of thousands of viewers, I think. Is that what it is? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, well, there's a there's and, a bunch of them that get like Crowder does a significant amount. Uh, what does what does Crowder get when he streams on Rumble? He was in December. He was hitting fifty thousand. Wow. Um, I think he just came back today. I didn't take a look, yeah, but yeah. but he's back on YouTube today. I'd like to too, do a so. live stream on Rumble at some point. That's all. It's all set up to do that. Yeah. Oh, you cool. Bet, you bet. That'd be fun. Well, I suppose people have to just take a look at Salty Crackers content on Rumble and YouTube to better figure out because uh, you know. <laughs> to get it to get a, a better assessment of of what the channel's about and why they're so successful, uh, I do notice that people post the salt emojis all the time. So right. I'm not completely unaware. <laughs> Weepy says, "I don't buy for a second that social media censors in order to not scare advertisers. Where else are they going to advertise? Advertising isn't pulling out of spaces with that large of an audience. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with that." Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And also, if you're advertising with Google or YouTube as an advertiser, you have the right to say, I don't want to advertise with this content creator. You could easily do that through the back, through the back door. You could easily do that through, of course, just clicking, Hey, I don't like this, this, this idea. I don't want it associated with this and this and this. You could easily do that. You don't need to censor people's voices. I, Chris, Bill Ottman texted me and was like, ask Chris a, a question. So I'm going to ask you. <laughs> hey, he's cheating. Why do, you use, chats? Why do you use Bill. Google Analytics, which spies on all users for Google? It's a good question. We got to get rid of it. We went through that with mines in the early yeah. days. So what's it's, your, what's it was your... just so easy to use. It's what we used when we started in 2013. And, uh, we just, you know, these are legacy things from when we started in 13 that we definitely need to, to move. What's your roadmap off. to move away from that? Well, we want to dump that. That's for sure. And, uh, there's a few other solutions out there and open to recommendations. If anybody wants to super chat some ideas, we're, we're open to ideas on that front. All right. Captain says, what is the policy on gun videos on Rumble? YouTube has been demonetizing gun videos that have high capacity magazines and more. It is stifling gun culture that was created on that platform. There's no policy around that. Nothing in our terms about guns. So So if I bought like a hand crank, nine millimeter Gatling (laughs) artillery thing that Luke's trying to get me to buy, we could put on Rumble and and there's no issue. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not too familiar with what that is, but, uh, if. I'm not entirely yeah. either, to be honest. Luke sends, <laughs> sends me this thing. He's like, hey, Tim, buy this. It's a weapon that goes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's what it is. That's no, there, 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 crank there's, millimeter Gatling there, there's quite a few channels, um, with, uh, with respect to, to hunting and guns and stuff like that on Rumble. No issues. Another person asked a similar question. Restless Medic says, I'm a native Floridian and my fiance is Canadian. I'd much rather live up there with him because, like Tim said, I can put on more clothes if I'm cold. I can only take so many off before it becomes a felony. Yeah, but how much <laughs> how much communism can you deal with? I That's mean, the larger yeah. question. Exactly, right? exactly. Well, was, I would, I would, I would take uh, a permanent 100 degree day at maximum humidity and freedom mm-hmm. over communist snow. Well, you can't even you can't even leave your house right now in Canada. It's nuts. Yeah. Like yeah. everything's shut down. You can't go to a restaurant. You're stuck at home. Like that, that's house arrest. As Are you staying as I, in the States for a while? Uh, uh, well, I'm, I'm here right now. I'm heading to, to Florida tomorrow. So I'm excited. Oh, Freedom is a great thing. I, I, like I said earlier, when the plane got off the ground in Canada, it was, it was a good feeling. Mm-hmm. Nice. The real fallen demons is I'm a very heavy minds user and it's great. But Ian, mate, the UI is bad. I'd build my own client, but there's no real API for it. Really? If you could give devs more than just source, we could make it amazing. Well, man, I hadn't worked at the company in a while. Oh, Bill's listening, apparently. What's up, Bill? <laughs> uh, I love you. Um, 
I, I don't know. So you're looking for an easy way to, to, to spin up the system because you don't have the API. Is that what he said? He doesn't have the well, API. Well, he wants to make his own UI. I would love I hear to that a lot from that. people that the Minds UI is just bad. It's just a bunch of back-end code. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, well the UI, it kind of looks like it's very um, – like clean and like sterile almost like yeah. it's like a robot like everything is straight lines and kind of boxes of information that's not bad it's just there's so much going there's on there's a lot going that's on that's tough so, so you gotta know where to click UI is really hard like we we have issues with our UI too we get a lot of complaints about that and you know when you're when you're a bootstrapped company right, we didn't get investment until 2021 that was like the first time I remember people laughing us out of the room in 2013 to say that we're gonna compete against YouTube uh. um uh, I'm sure they want to be in now, but that's a different story. But like when it came to UI, it's, uh, you know, we, we really couldn't really afford that and get really deep into that until we could afford people that would, that are really good and they're very expensive. And, uh, you know, we have that and now we're coming up with it. So, but like, I understand that that's, that, that's a, you gotta, it's expensive. There's a lot of people that really good talent that a lot of the big companies suck up. And, uh, it, it, it's a, it's a tough thing to, to, to really get good. Yeah. And it's also like an artistic choice, how you want to design your UI. That, that too. Like, you know, you got sites like, you know, Drudge and Reddit that don't, didn't really go into that direction of UI. And then you got, you know, nicer things like, uh, Instagram that came up with all these flat designs and cool designs, which people now desire quite a bit and TikTok and all that. So, you know, we're putting a lot of money into that and then it's not cheap. It'd be cool if you could design your own. UI on the website while you use it as a user. Yeah, well, well, well what Stretch if, things like open MySpace. and move things. What if you could log in and then while you're editing your profile, put in like HTML code, even like <laughs> MP3s <laughs> or music. Maybe have like glitter and like Hulk Hogan GIFs. Like a, like a space where you could do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You could like make like your, your own, own space. Yeah, your, your space. What yeah. would you call right. this? Your space. <laughs> Moogle Minion says, Ian, have you read into exopolitics? If Negative. so, do you have any book recommendations? No, I have not. Well, maybe you should, Ian. I think I might. Maybe you should. D.E. Poland says, Tim, being in Florida for one year makes you a snowbird tourist. And we do go outside. We also have springs with pure water. Miami is southern New York. So I lived in Miami for a year, just over a year. And in January and February, I saw people all over the place. Throughout the year, everybody was at Miami Beach. I saw them outside and all over the place. But through all these neighborhoods and at like, you know, shopping centers in the summer, Everybody was indoors and the windows were soaking wet because the, the air conditioning inside, the con- the humidity outside, it would condense and then it was just all the windows were always drenched. And I- I'm pretty sure there's a statue of the guy who invented air conditioning yeah. in Miami. Is that, is, that, right. is that true? I'm not sure, but I was told that. Probably. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Carrier or something? something the guy like who invented yeah. the air conditioning, <laughs> invented air conditioning gets a statue. Hey, man, good for him. I looked at what exopolitics is, the study of key individuals, political institutions, and processes associated with extraterrestrial life. Ooh, interesting. interesting. That's a real thing. Hodel Rodeo says Bitcoin Magazine's live stream on YouTube was stopped and the channel was removed today. The channel was later restored. That is crazy. Man. I the way that, that, I heard about that an admin's mistake can disrupt a user's life like their their income because the day your video goes up is when you get most of the views if it's demonetized for that day because of some idiot doing the wrong thing it's just devastating to that i got to deal with this all the time um and it's not even that's the automated system now so it used to be that every video i'd make would be demonetized and then they finally backed off and fixed this problem but now you still get it and what happens is i'll i did like a video on fauci and they said it was harmful pranks and then I've got to email Google, mm-hmm. and then, you know, three days later, they get back to me and say, sorry about that. And I'm like, yo, the video made no money. 
three days later, I might as well not even bother emailing you. But the issue is the more videos get demonetized, the more they demonetize you. Could you imagine if so they... So you've got to send them all in and say, fix it. If they had to pay you back for all the ads revenue you would have made, if a company had to pay back for mis misadministrative ship. Mm-hmm. Man, but they're not making money. That's the problem. Like YouTube wants to make money. They, they also have political yeah. issues for sure, but they want to make money. So they don't like it when, you know, when I get demonetized, they, they were like, oh, we're so sorry this keeps happening to you. It's the automated system. And it's like, yeah, and it takes three days to get it fixed, even when I can email Google. So they, that's, that's on them, I suppose. They lose money. Whatever. That's why I think, you know, Rumble is good. That's why we've set up the website. That's why we're focusing on an editorial, the editorial side of things. We can't just think, you know, we're going to be on this platform forever. YouTube. At a certain, it's, look, it's 2022. We've been, we've been swatted. We've been hit with a DDoS attack. <laughs> good times. What? And it's, it's only the 11th January. of January. <laughs> it's been a good month. <laughs> yeah. How about that, man? So we've got a bunch of crazy redundancies and backup systems and everything like that, security. So, but it's just, you know, this is why we got swatted. All people notice was a cop walk by and then walk out mm-hmm. because we do have layers of security here. All right. James Lamb says, I personally think it's great for overt communists to voice their opinions. Uh, opinions shows everyone how bad communism really is. I agree. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, it's crazy. I saw um, Kim Iverson tweeted. She's like a center left YouTuber that she's voting straight Republican. Love her. And then I saw Vosh respond to a tweet about it saying this is totally, you know, unexpected and shocking or whatever. And I'm just kind of like. When the center left is jumping ship to join Republicans and you mock them on the way out, are you just trying to lose on purpose? You know, I guess. But Kim's cool. Uh, I'm not surprised she's voting Republican because so many people are like, I'm done with the mandates. She got red pilled hard the last couple of years. That was awesome. Well, it's not that. It's the mandates. I mean, but yeah, that past couple of years, all of a sudden she's like, I'll vote for anybody who's going to end this. Yeah, we're having her back soon. Yeah. Oh, good. I, I don't disagree. She's great. We need to, uh, you know, build a cloning machine and bring a bunch of more DeSantis's all over the country so that we can end this stuff. <laughs> I don't, I don't think Texas, uh, te- Texas does an okay job, but it seems like that's mostly about, you know, culture, cultural pressure. DeSantis seems to be on top of things, to be honest, you know. All right, Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says we're a based audience. We see into the future. Mm. Wow, I believe it. I like it. All right. The Wholesome Grail says, how is it a free speech platform if they ban racist or hateful speech? Isn't racist speech still legal even if you don't like it? Not good if the free speech guy already has racism banned. Like I said, that's uh, something that we put in since uh, 2013. We've we've always done that. Um, we haven't moved the goalposts. We, we've stayed with the same moderation since day one. And we need to be better. And we need to uh, we need to be really transparent with these terms. And we need to do something different than these other platforms did. It's, this is not something I predicted to happen um, in, in this world. This is something that, you know, things happened really fast in the last two years where they started banning all kinds of political talk, et cetera. Um, but we got to, we, we, we got to come up with something that's new and something that's stronger and it's better and more resilient and more and more in line with free speech. And that's what we're going to do. Yeah. I've How, um, like um, trying to administrate like gross stuff, like, like gore or like mm-hmm. racism. Cause it is tough because in a free speech world, it would all be there. And anyone that wants to look for it's going to find it because they have the right granular search mechanisms. Mm-hmm. But in, in the social media world right now, it's like waking up in the morning and it's there in front of your face. And you're like, ah, and everywhere you look, there's just more gore. And, and so unless an, an admin's there 
deleting it or or blocking it, even though it's not illegal, people are going to be deformed by it. It's 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 a new thing, huh? We it, we humans didn't used to deal with this until 15 years ago. Yeah, it's really like one of the most complicated issues of our time right now. Is is really kind of understanding this and and navigating this and in, in, in the way that we're we're trying to do. And I think like our approach and why we've grown is just being consistent and not changing yeah. things in the last couple of years. I think one of the way of, of dealing with this is just by letting people see what they subscribe to and not curating an algorithm. Would that be something that's, that you guys be open That's to? what we're doing. We're, we're a chronological feed. We don't have an algorithm that's uh, putting things up based on it, you know how interesting your content or how many likes and, it gets and, or how many re- re-engagements it gets. It, it's a chronological feed. That's all it is. And on, you guys will be changing your terms and services? Yeah, so we're we're gonna bring on guys like uh, Viva Viva Frey and yes. um, Robert Barnes, like I said, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna work on uh, coming up with like whether it's like a constitution or terms, uh, all kind of combined, something very new, something something kind of built from the the community more for, more than ourselves. I would love to be a part of that process. It, it, absolutely, yeah. like uh, fun, you know, yeah. we'll we'll bring you in on that. Like this is something it, this is something we really need to solve for and. Um, like I said, we're, we haven't solved for it. We didn't even think we needed to solve it. Who thought we were going to sit here and worry about the first amendment in 2022? Yeah. yeah. There, there's, like, there, there's that problem of being the guy who's like, we should allow people to be racist on our platform. It's like nobody, man, I, I nobody wants that. Yeah. that. That's not why Rumble's growing. We don't allow that. It's but, not, there's but, not even a percent of that. that doesn't exist on our platform. So the, the challenge is, you know, when, uh, there, uh, Oliver Darcy of all people wrote an, an article about me when I said banning the alt-right was bad. Because it's a slippery slope, you want you want bad ideas to be fleshed out so we can challenge them, and um, but but to be the person who then comes out and says reinstate all of the racists and bring them all back on is a step further now, <laughs> and people don't want to do it. Uh, in my opinion, though, as much as I think all of you know, I think a lot of people have a lot of really bad opinions. We just need a space where people of all different backgrounds and ideas, no matter how awful or how good they might be, they can they can have those debates. I, I think you know. You know, I really believe it, it's good to know who's bad and not hide them. When you hide people that are bad, that that, that makes them better. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't help them. I mean, that helps them. It doesn't help us. We we should know who who we should know everything about everybody if they are willing to scream it out loud. Yeah. At the end of the day, that that's how I feel personally about it. But when you guys are doing um your your terms revamp, check out the Manila principles. I don't know if you've heard of them, but okay. it's like basically an internet constitution that's been worked well, on by the community. Already. You know, it's very cool. You know what Minds does the jury system. I've, some, I've heard it's cool. I, I don't know about mines, but I've heard jury, some jury systems. Yeah. So what will happen is if a piece of content gets reported by someone, it goes into a queue, which is then sent to anyone that wants to opt into this jury system on mines. And then it, it goes out to like 12 random jurors that then vote on is, does this violate? terms or does it not violate you terms? get po- but you get poisoned by bias in the jury yeah and then right? some people will say i like this content so but they don't they're not doing it right because they're not saying does it violate the terms or does it not violate the terms and then so there's noise so but over time but he's gonna appeal I, I, does it go through a minds filter first like minds thinks it's bad no, and minds doesn't even to touch jury? it and just a, a user reports it and it goes into this queue that people want to be a part of anyway so it's not bothering anyone and then they we just over time if someone abuses their position in the queue as a juror we, they're no that, longer able a, to be a juror that's a really interesting idea maybe even having it go like if if let's say a rumble moderator wants to remove something if something's going to get removed or someone's going to get banned take it to a jury 
The downs yeah, for the yeah. final outcome. Except for exactly. if it's illegal. Then That's a really interesting idea. If absolutely. it's illegal, you got to get it out of there immediately. Well, if it's illegal, right. absolutely. Or put yes. into some yeah. sort of stasis yeah. or something. Yeah. Depends. There, also, but, so, yeah. but, but also, I think that one of the issues with mine is the jury pool needs to be way bigger than 12. I think so, too. You, I'd like to see it at 100 people. Uh, or, or even more. A, a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mine has to be Whatever, Whoever's available. Up that's to, a, yeah. That's a really good idea. I really like that. In actually. fact, you can even have like a tab that says jury pool and, you know, you can opt in and then get like a blurred thing and says like, okay, click it to show the image because people, people have to have to opt in, have to go to the space. Maybe even you have it at the bottom because they're going to see some really awful stuff. There's going to be some really bad stuff. Yeah. Well, you, what you want to do is you want to, you want to kind of filter out the illegal stuff and the overt stuff. And then when it comes to the controversial, in very vague stuff, then you, then you take it to a jury. Yeah. That way, the vague stuff is determined by the community, not determined by any overlord. And if the jury gets like a, the arbiter of truth, if, if they get it wrong, the user can appeal again. Goes to a new jury of all fresh people. If they get it wrong, the juror can appeal again a third time. If they get it wrong again, then they can go to the admin. Then they can go to Mother Minds admins and appeal. Interesting. And so, do a lot of people appeal it? Or yeah, a lot of people think they've been wronged, regardless, and right. they'll usually appeal it. But it's fun for the jurors, so it seems to be working really well. Yeah, I think as long as you have good protections for like how you opt into the jury, because people are going to see some really nasty stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, eighteen plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean you got to sure. And then that. and then maybe the jury should actually have like an emergency hit. It's gonna be. This is gonna be. So it's like this violate the rules. Yes, it's gone. No, it doesn't. And are emerg- you wearing a seatbelt? We're solving emergency, the internet. We're emergency the internet. admin <laughs> notification. <laughs> Because if someone posts like a crime or like a murder oh, or something, yeah. oh yeah, you need to be able to immediately be like, "Yo, this is beyond. This is, this is like it, warning." It violates warning. and is illegal could be yeah. a thing. Yes, perfect. Yeah, but I think I wonder if like it shouldn't even be. Does it violate the rules? Should it be? Should this be allowed on the platform? That's another question. This one's more. Is, is it? It's more like does it define the terms or is it yeah. against the terms? But should I'd, it be? I'd, that's another cool idea. Is like I, I think we could experiment with a platform where it's like people just decide should it be allowed or not. And so someone could see something, they'll flag it, and then they'll be like, should it be allowed? And then 100 people see it, and if the majority say it's allowed, it's allowed. And then have the AI write an, an algorithmic terms of service based on the behavior of the... <laughs> I don't know about like that. 800 just, rules, yeah, there's like, free if, the software, cat, if a cat sneezes, you're banned for seven days. <laughs> yeah. And then the AI takes over That's the world fine. and then dominates all of human civilization I'm so glad because it's a lot smarter than everyone else, which of course could be the next <laughs> nuclear weapon, but that's another story. I just wish we had a platform that's allowed all speech and allowed me as an individual to be responsible for myself and have discernment. I would love that. It's the problem is, is, is admit, is like organism, is, is order within K, cause that creates, there's so much chaos that then the loudest mouth. If I want gets, to subscribe to something, I'm going to subscribe to it. I don't have to, I, I, don't, when, I don't have to subscribe to something but when, that I don't want to listen but to. But when screamy guy gets in the way and you can't even see the I'm not going to subscribe to him. But he's in the way of you seeing No, he's what, not. No, he's not. I subscribe to who, who I want to subscribe to. He's not going to be in my way because I'm not going to follow him because I don't want the screaming guy in my, in my inbox. What about the comments? I don't free speech. Let them comment whatever they want. Like I, I don't censor comments. People criticize me. Good, great. I love it. Spam. You know, we need comments. We need spam, people. Spam. Yeah, spam. Um, it's on minds. Fine. Yeah. Let them. Let people spam. No, no. I'd be down to let you no, delete. Trolling That's my and spamming. No. Trolling. I'm okay. With, there's a big difference between trolling and spamming. Though. Yeah, spam. Right? Trolling's fine. Spam's Hackers like a DDoS veto. attack with when, comments. Yeah. When people are speaking at a college and then someone goes in and starts screaming at the top of their lungs, I'm like, you can leave. Like, it's, no, a, when it's, I, it's a comment section, right? So people get to upvote whatever comments they like and they no, don't no, like. No. Uh, like, oh, so okay. the chat we have, the one, the one rule I say, I'm like, I don't care if you're saying whatever you want to say. Like, I don't know, YouTube will ban you if you say something, whatever. But the spam is the problem because you're stopping other people from, from saying what they want to say. So I'm like, I want more free speech. 
if you're going to try and disrupt that free speech, then I think we can ask you to leave. Yeah, I would respectfully, like I, 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 I would respectfully kind of disagree and let it play out and have a little bit more chaos and kind of accept that and understand. I, I that think spam a, spam is an issue for sure that needs to be addressed. But in terms of like, I think the creator should be responsible for the, the the their comments and choose what they want there and what they don't want there. That would be the the best, I think. Yeah, that's true too. Every creator, every every creator. You know, yeah. controls their own space and their own home. It's Absolutely. not my home, it's your home. Exactly. We got point. a whole bunch of e, uh, super chats with salt emojis. <laughs> the salty, the salty. We should cracker. get them on the show. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of it. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot We've of, of salt lot of in the it. chat. Yeah. yeah he, he's is, is really it? big on Rumble. He's Interesting. A, he's got a big stream on Rumble. Not the biggest, but he's, uh, he's definitely a, a big one. Um, right on. Who are the biggest users on Rumble right now? Dan Bongino is by far the biggest. Yes. Um, he Crowder. crushes it. Uh, Crowder not there yet. Um, Don, the, biggest? The, the biggest live streamer we have on Rumble is Donald Trump. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that makes sense. So what he, did he scrap he does his network or five hundred thousand live streamers he can hit on oh, his rallies? Wow. I don't think I and that's post election. But is that Trump's yeah. account or is that Yeah, like, that's on Donald Trump's uh, wow. official account on Rumble. So they were building a social network. Are they just hosting their back end on Rumble? Is that what that is or is this a different thing? Yeah, we'll be their cloud infrastructure for Truth Social. Cool. Oh, cool. But this yeah. is something different that he's using right now. He's got his So he came onto Rumble got in it. June of I guess so 6 months ago, he opened his official account on Rumble to uh wow. do his uh rallies. And, uh, he hits numbers that, mm. uh, will just, I've never seen like, well, and nobody's even close. The power of, uh, of his live streams, hitting, hitting a half a million on rumble and he's not promoting it on Twitter or anything anymore because he doesn't have any accounts. Mm. So he, he, people come, they watch and, and this is post election too. I can't yeah. even imagine if, I don't think we would have been able to handle his live stream infrastructurally if it was a uh, pre-election times, but, uh, Dude, virtual we, we almost went down on his first stream. We wow. went to like a hundred percent capacity and we were ready to shut off countries one by one just wow. to keep the stream up in the United wow. States. Wow. That's how, that's how big it was. That's All right, everybody crazy. smash that like button. If you have not already and go to timcast.com sign up because we're gonna have a members only podcast coming up around 11 or so PM uncensored behind the scenes. Don't forget to smash the like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show, the URL, post it wherever you can. If you, if you really, if you really want to help us out, you can follow the show, Timcast IRL, basically everywhere. Follow us on Instagram for clips. You can follow me at Timcast. Chris, you want to shout anything out? Uh, you can follow me on Rumble, Chris Rumble. I'm also on Twitter, Chris at Rumble, uh, at Chris Pavlovsky on Twitter, I should say. And then, uh, the, the Rumble account as well as the things Rumble Video, at Rumble Video on Twitter. Chris, uh, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for uh, answering our questions and uh, taking the questions. I know a lot of other kind of you know big tech CEOs don't do that, so I, I appreciate you for doing that. Um, and uh, it's good to at least have this dialogue. Anyway, I have my own media organization called uh, We Are Changed. It's available on wearechanged.org. I also made a very interesting video on lukeuncensored.com. Hope to see some of you guys there. And uh, thank you so much for having me. Well, you're welcome. You looked right at me when you said that. I like that. <laughs> Bye, everyone. I'm Ian Crossland. Check me out, IanCrossland.net. Chris, great to see you, man. Tim, I love you. Hi, Lydia. Hi, yeah. I'm, I'm still alive in the corner despite my coughing fit. Very sorry about that. I hope I don't have Omicron. You guys may follow me on Twitter at Sarah Patch Lids. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. We will see you over at TimCast.com in that, mag- in that members-only segment at 11 or so p.m. And again, thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.